I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because you've got powerful legs, how'd you get the physique? Was it gym or how'd you get the physique? Um, I've always been that She's actually not though. got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. An absolute disgrace. I'm Have sure no one will mind. Move him out of here, then, Darren. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I love a shit, Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, nutters, messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. J-Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 560th edition of the Boxing Asylum Notes podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Matty DiGelonardo and Andy Patterson going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The ad-free Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Sports Social. 
Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice, whatever you're listening to it right now. Throughout the entire month of February, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. We managed to make it on as best as we can. We'll see if we can get to the top of the hour. Might be nine o'clock at this rate. Got a bit of the zone coming up later. Edgar Belanga's back next week. It should have been using against Fury last night. It wasn't to be. What's Canelo going to do next? What are we going to do next? It's a bit of a slow week, isn't it? By all accounts, there's only the three of us. Andy has a bit of a sore throat as well, but we all motor on through. Welcome to everybody in the chat. We'll shout you out later. We'll maybe put the link in hey, if you want to come Steve, on and talk boxing. Hey, yes. That that sore throat. I mean, it, the perils of being sold into sexual slavery. Andy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm glad you've returned. Don't encourage him to speak, Matty, before he has to. Come on now. We're not in Chechnya now. Not yet, Steve. Yes, not yet. not yet. Before the evening's over, we might have been conscripted or drafted off somewhere else. Anyway, the numbers keep going down. Fuck, <laughs> might be relegated to Chechnya. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, let's get on to Friday evening. They love a Friday or a Thursday night card, the top rank in ESPN. I'm not sure what the reasoning was behind this, but we wish them well anyway in the Madison Square Garden Theatre. Bob Aaron was the promoter. Oshaki Foster, of course, I'm referring to him. Split decision win over Abraham Nova, defending the WBC World Super Featherweight title. Scores of 115-112 in Foster's favour. 116-111 as well against a rogue 114-113 on John McKay's card. Nova went down in the last round, Matty. Afterwards, Mark Kriegel made a good point, which is a bit of a rarity in itself. He said uh, Foster was a bit too hard on himself in the post-fight interview. I actually thought the same as well. I know he wanted to perform. He, this is his new site. He's got it. He's finally signed by a big promoter. He wants to put on a performance and all. But Abraham Nova's a tough guy. I think he worked him out pretty well and he gave a good performance. And I would say, oh, Shaki, if you're listening tonight, no doubt he is. I agree with Kriegel. I think you're a bit too hard on yourself at the end there. I think he gave a pretty good performance against a, a, a very solid contender who in other divisions, given his capabilities, could be a champion. Um, Nova really is, is a solid fighter. He, he definitely threw more punches. Um, there were some swing rounds in there. Um, I, I could see the 116, 111 at Foster, I guess, but I kind of thought it was a little bit closer than that. I don't know if Nova necessarily was able to win it, given that I think Foster probably won three of the last four rounds in what was probably a pretty even fight through eight um, at the end of the day. Um, but it, it came down to, I think, um, just uh, just the skills and ability and just that little bit of extra polish. Um, it seemed as, as uh, Nova kept throwing punches and he kind of started wearing down and he got a little bit of sloppy at, at times. Um, and whereas Foster was consistently able to keep his shape and stay in position to punch, landed some sharp shots. Um, but again, kind of like the uh, like his last fight against uh, Rocky Hernandez, showed he could definitely be outworked at times, get a little bit lazy in there. Um, so um, we'll see. I, I, I um, I'm curious about his next fight. He said it'd be either be in Navarrete, but Navarrete's bumping up to 135 for a fight against Baranchek. Or the winner of Oscar Valdez and um, uh, help me out, Steve. Australian went the uh, oh went, Liam Wilson, uh, Liam Wilson, uh, which I which could be a hell of a good fight. Um, uh, Liam Wilson, I mean, uh, might have gotten a knockout in other uh, boxing uh, jurisdictions in that fight. Uh, Devon Ref, but um, 
So that that could stand to be an interesting fight for him. I obviously I think he knows he's not fighting Cordina with everything that's going on, so he's focused on those potential top rank fights. But uh, Foster is a really uh, solid fighter, and you got to give it to him uh, for getting it all together after a rough time and uh, you know going to prison, taking some losses here and there and stuff. It's a, it's definitely a good story, and he's uh, afforded uh, uh, the 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 his skills in the ring have afforded him the ability to dress his grandmother up as Bootsy Collins. So uh, he's got that going for him, which is nice. We've got that coming up as Belly of the Week later on. Yeah, a bit of shovel never hurt anybody. You mentioned there, Matty, briefly about Emmanuel Neverette being called out. Keyshawn Davis was chanting his name last weekend. I heard someone else calling him out as well during the week. And now, of course, they're kind of trying to link him up with uh, Foster as well. Why does everybody want a piece of Navarrete? He punches hard. He's awkward to fight. Uh, we're seeing this vulnerability, but no one can quite capitalise. All these guys seem to think that they can be the person to finally beat Navarrete. I know he's lost in the past, but obviously on this new run, this new career incarnation. Why, why do they all want a piece of Navarrete? Because as he's moving up the weights, he is absolutely hittable. And if you're absolutely hittable, you're absolutely beatable. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a fair point. I, I would like to see him move on up, do, give a good account of himself against Baranchik, and then hopefully, I always thought they might put him in with Shakur Stevenson or something, but perhaps it could be Keyshawn if he doesn't fight against Tiafimo Lopez. Let's have a look at the chat, guys, what they're saying. MB says, I thought Nova was unlucky. I had him one round up going into the final round. Then he got dropped. Yeah, afterwards he was trying to work out the maths, thinking that if he didn't get dropped, it would have been a draw. That wasn't quite the case, I don't think. Uh, Tosh, no, one fifteen, one thirty. It would have still, it would have still been a victory for Foster, even even without the knockdown. Uh, Brendan says one hundred percent knockdown. Uh, Andy MB saying, what are your thoughts on the knockdown in round twelve? Nova himself addressed it afterwards in his post fight interview. I thought he he spoke very well, very candidly, very fairly. Actually, he was a little bit off balance. He acknowledged, but also he got caught with a flush left hook and got dropped on his ass. So yeah, I don't have a problem weird. with a knockdown to be honest. He was he was no. squared. He was squared up, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a legit knockdown, mate. It was it was actually it was so quick. I actually I actually think I rewind it back to watch it again. But it was a legit punch. Um, no no problems about that. Um, yeah, I agree with what what Matty was saying in regards to the stamina situation. I think Nova, you know, slightly gassed a little bit doing the stretch. Foster, I really think he's coming into a kind of shape of his own at the minute. Actually, even though what is he thirty, went away and done done the hard yards. I really like his style actually because he was never really kind of flustered. Okay, he took some shots, but. A lot, 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 lot of Nova's punches were kind of caught in gloves and arms, and uh, when it came to kind of infighting and that, I really liked Foster's kind of like metal and that as well. He was he was really kind of like digging in and turning them and really kind of working them over from time to time. It was it was it was it was it was good kind of ebbs and flows back and forwards. It was it was entertaining enough anyway. But I, I felt once I got over the second half and that, I think it was uh, it was it was more kind of Foster's fight. Um, Probably just didn't really get in there as much in the first half, possibly maybe because Nova was a bit more kind of awkward to kind of deal with. But once I say is the the tank started to kind of deplete a little bit of Nova, punches weren't the same, footwork wasn't wasn't really the same either. And I just think Foster started to kind of pick up the points, we you know, a bit more clearly you know, compared to the first half of the fight. And um, basically, the, the knockdown, the twelve, basically confirms it. So yeah, it was it was a clear win for me. And uh, Foster really like him, and uh, to, to be fair, really kind of put him up a wee um, decent resume for himself as well at this point. Certainly is, Marty. He mentioned afterwards that he was a little bit tight at the weight. 
You mentioned sort of the hard yards that he's gone through. It can't, I can't believe he was in the Miguel Roman, Mickey Roman era, who he stopped back in 2020, probably Roman's last fight or one of the final ones. But it was 18 months later, really, when he came to prominence, as far as I'm concerned. I think he was one of the guys who'd maybe signed with Probellum, went out to Dubai in an eliminator against Mohamed Yakubov, who was a bit of a straightforward Uzbek, I think he's Uzbek or Kazakhstani, come forward fighter. And I thought Foster looked really good that night, outboxed him. Then went and beat uh, Ray Vargas for the un, uh, the vacant title there. Even though Vargas, we've sort of laughed at him a bit, he was undefeated in 36 fights and, and Foster whipped that away from him. And then obviously that cracking fight with Rocky Hernandez and that brilliant round and then coming back to knock him out and all on the road as well, Dubai, San Antonio, okay, fair enough, in, in Texas and all, but then back out to Mexico. He's fighting in sort of Nova's kind of Puerto Rican territory here as well. Uh, this time, I mean... He has to really solidify himself as a main event fighter. Again, Kriegel made another good point, saying that he has to just accept now that he's he's a bit of a, not a star, but he's maturing into an A-side and people are going to be coming after him, trying to take his scalp now. He's done the hard yards, he's done the hard road, and I'd like to see him get some big fights and big paydays now for the next few years. Well, and you can't say that he hasn't earned it. I mean, that, that's basically what you're saying there is you come up the hard way, you face this adversity, you know, uh, relishing your accomplishments and, and give them a little bit more uh, meat on the bone next time. Um, and it's curious. We'll see. He said he was a little bit tight making the weight this time. He, after the post-fight, uh, in the post-fight interview, he said uh, he was looking at getting a nutritionist maybe for the next fight, see if he can still make 130 comfortably. But then you go up to 135 pounds, and I am impressed with Foster. I I, I think he, he he's a, he's a very solid fighter. I, I I think he's a, you know he he's in kind of that like is he a B plus is he an A minus guy? I don't know, but at 135 pounds, there's a lot of guys who you're wondering if they're an A minus or an A fighter or yeah, Gervonta Davis who's an A plus plus puncher. Um, so he's in a weird place where I think it's almost necessary for him to make the weight because I think he can shine at 130 pounds, but 135, I think he just kind of blends in with the crowd. Yeah. I wonder as well, Andy, just closing out on Foster and his kind of next moves. Um, Joe Cordina and Foster are the two standouts really in the division. That fight would have been nailed on for me if Eddie had have taken up terms and, and signed Foster, as I thought he would have done with his dearth of talent. The fact that he let him slip away to top rank was a bit of a surprise to me. But Navarrete, we don't know what's happening with him at the moment. Uh, Cortez was on the undercard. He's quite dangerous. Robson Conceso has fought, obviously, on a lot of top rank cards. There's a couple of guys in the top 10 who have really difficult weekends. Mauricio Lara, for example, ended yeah. up with a draw. Rakimov got beaten. Looks to me like, as Timothy Bradley said, Lamont Roach, if he's not tied down to the PBC, that could be a natural unification unless Foster decides he wants to move up for the money. Yeah, well, to be fair, I don't know if it would be worth his time. Well, obviously, unless it's the money, obviously. But at this point, he's got he's got belts. He's, he's got bargaining position, at least. In that. I think at 135, against a fighter who has maybe got more precision, precision punching and a wee bit more power, I think Stephen, uh, Foster could be a wee bit more trouble. If he's struggling at the weight, then obviously get getting the guys in to help him with the with the diet, with the weight situation, and try and yeah. stay at one thirty for as long as possible. If he can't get any of the unifications, I wonder if maybe top rank might look to try and get him in with um, Conceição or Valdez possibly. Um, okay, maybe Conceição. 
Valdez has seen better days as well, hasn't he? So yeah. Valdez, you think it would be straightforward, you would imagine. Not a straightforward win, but the way he fights, Foster would be, you know, if he's on his P's and Q's, he should be able to dance around him, Conce says, maybe a little bit more awkward of style, possibly. Yeah. Lee Wood, has he, he seen the gun at 135? Or is he staying at 130? I'm not sure what's going on with Wood at the moment, because last I heard they were trying to put him on in the city ground, and then they said that Eddie couldn't deliver. Yeah. So there's a lot of fighters in flux at the moment, it feels, doesn't it? Feels like that anyway. It was quite weird that obviously Eddie just hadn't been able to deliver for that one. I'm just trying to kind of get some of the, the names here. You see, Rakimov got stopped on was it Friday night, Thursday night. You've got Hernandez there, Liam Wilson, as what Matty mentioned, um, Ogawa. See, Jamal Herring's managed to get himself back into the top 10. That yeah, you the could last see them. Game. Yeah, you could. Well, you just never well, know. Well, Lamont Roach picked up that title off yeah. of Hector Luis Garcia. Yeah, you and, got him. Uh, then you got Maybe. my. My boy, my boy, there is waiting for his title shot too. Otar Notion. I think he's an interesting dark. Oh yeah, he's good. I like him. Yeah, yeah, fun, fun little fighter. Weird angles. Yeah, yeah. Callum B saying Laura Drew. He did against Daniel Lugo. We'll be talking about that later. Yeah, Wood could possibly move up, but then Andy, you've got the whole Dazone Eddie thing. He's not going to be necessarily maybe doing business with Foster now. Uh, and then Lee Wood, they were going to target Cordina, you would imagine, rather than yeah. Foster. So even him moving up wouldn't really make sense. He's in a bit of limbo, isn't he, Foster? If he can't get Roach. Yeah. Who's in, who? Who promotes Roach? Did you say it was top rank. Well, Roach has been on Dazone cards in the past, but then he was on the PBC last time. Whenever he fought, um, who did he? Was it was it Garcia he beat for the title? I think it was Garcia, wasn't it? Hector Luis Garcia, uh, Matty, that uh, Roach beat yep, for the title. Exactly on the PBC. I don't I don't know if he signed up with them. We'll be talking about the PBC later on. Who knows if their their fighters are all going to go sprawling? But yeah, it's difficult yeah. handing up to know what to do. Which uh, Oshaki Foster? Yeah, and I've just kind of pulled up the Navarrete situation. So yeah, that's for the vacant WBO title. Uh, whenever, yeah. whenever that fight happens, so yeah, I mean, so that's that's that potential unification out the window. So, hope that be Albert Bell and Liam Wilson get called for that one, or well, that's what they're sharp. talking about. Albert Bell's been waiting for his chance for ages, hasn't he? I know he has a bit of an awkward style, but you can't really hold that against somebody. He's definitely a talented guy who should have got a shot way before now. And the guy uh, number four is it Brian? Is it is it Kivilar? He was on one of the cards there. Was it? Oh, Brian was, Chevalier. Yeah, he I lost. Shall, him, I. Yeah. yeah. Well, he he got iced off at Cortez. He was in the top fifteen now, so he'll jump up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He isn't a bit of limbo, really. So really, it's either up. I don't know if Yakovov is, is still in, in in position for mandatory shot there. You got Rocky Hernandez possibly, as, as we mentioned. I'm just going through the WBC rankings here because obviously just, I'll, I'll just disregard the, the unifications at present because. Um, yeah, so you're coming down there, you come down to the, the Italian, uh, Mc, is it McNazzi, you've got uh, Magzio, the Filipino, he's had his chance as well, Valdez, as we mentioned, Wood, we don't know what's happening there. don't think I've heard anything about is it uh, Yadar Herrera, I don't think I've seen much of him at all, to be fair. So. No, I don't know who he is now, to be honest. Who knows? We'll leave that to the money men, the people who know better than us anyway, to negotiate Foster in the next one. Before we go on to the undercard, Beat Bot Boop, Matty, has thrown in a question here, just keeping it nice and topical. Uh, he's throwing in 199 Super Chat as well, shout out to him. He says, Jack Dempsey versus Rocky Marciano, who would have won? So uh, imagine this on zone uh, pay-per-view, uh, Matty, who would have won? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you put this up two minutes ago, so I had a chance to actually think of some sort of a reasonable response rather than being put on the spot and being like, um, I don't know. Um, I, I think when you're dealing with Jack Dempsey, and, and Andy is more of a historian than I am, but I think like when you're looking at like the modern fight style, I think there's three fighters 
that you have to look to who who basically built what the modern fighting style is. And that'd be Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, and Joe Lewis. Um, you, there's very few people in boxing who I think you could say was a harder man than Rocky Marciano. I mean, he won fights with his nose falling off of his freaking face. But I think Jack Dempsey was one of those few guys who was a harder man than Rocky Marciano. Prime versus prime, I'm going with Dempsey. Interesting stuff, uh, Andy. What are you thinking on this one? Obviously, it depends on how many rounds there would be fighting. Yeah, I was just going to say. The, the, the styles, as you said, Dempsey was a bit of a front runner, wasn't he? With these kind of the, the leaping out, the springing coil kind of attack. And Marciano, absolute hard nut, man. The Italians against the Irish-Americans would be an absolute war. Yeah, um, I would go with Marciano. Uh, I think, I think he's, he's bigger. A bit tighter. Strong, yeah, stronger. I certainly think he's got the more ruggedness about him. You know, if you if you look back to how those guys fought back in those days, it was more kind of slugging and you know, kind of like wrestling and you know, shovel shots underneath that. Thing. And I think that would be bread and butter to Marciano. I wouldn't see probably everybody, any real boxing fan has probably watched Dempsey, Ice, Lewis, Furpo. I don't think if if you if you put Marciano in that same position. I don't think it would harm actually, because you say Marciano hard as anything. Remember the time he got his nose split in two? Yeah. Who was it against? Was it Isar Charles, I think it was? Uh, it was Charles or Walcott, or, or one of them, wasn't it? Aye, uh, one of them, aye. Um, I think also the work rate would be something else. Dempsey wasn't an active champion. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, Marciano was, he was phenomenal work rate, um, amazing power, godlike chin. You know, in, in terms of boxing IQ, not, maybe not the greatest, but you know, he made his style work for him. And I think uh, factoring all that in, I think Dempsey would get them. As you say as well, depending on how many rounds, we'll, see, we'll go for bloodbath material. So we'll go for like 45 rounds. We'll see Dempsey ends them in like round 21 or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> round twenty-one. I love it, and I gotta I gotta go with Dempsey too because he's a fellow Colorado boy. 
the town he's from was from Manassas, Colorado. It doesn't even exist anymore. It was like a mining and logging community, but he was from Colorado. Yeah, Arlene Burley says Marciano just. I think Marciano coming up underneath the shots would be the difference. Now, obviously, the cuts could be an issue if Dempsey was able to cut Marciano, but uh, out the two of them, I, I think I would go with Marciano. Yeah, but you got to say, are we going with the refs of that day or this day when, like, God knows how many fights they were in would have been, like, stopped at some point in time? Like, if you're going with the 1920s refs, that's an interesting fight, in my opinion. Those guys let everything happen. Mate, I'll tell you the referee I would use. Is it Murder Shadow or whatever you call him, who refereed Guido Villanillo against Moses Johnson over the weekend? I would go with him, man. He's my new favorite ref. That was a fantastic job. He let the fight go to its full conclusion, left no doubt in the minds of the onlookers. Um, and it, it, despite missing that first knockdown, uh, you know, even giving the fighter the benefit of the doubt on was that a knockdown or a push Eh, air on the side of the fighter. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely uh, a good ref, Steve Smoger working through this man in all ways. Yeah, I've seen him before, man. He's a class clown carver referee. Hasn't got a clue what he's doing. Exactly the kind of ref we need in charge of people's health and safety matters. Uh, murder, murder sh- Shadow or something, I think you call him anyway. I'll look up his name while we're going through the undercard, Matty. Uh, Brian Chevalier, who Andy mentioned earlier, getting stopped in the fourth round by Andres Cortez. They Just said it's pronounced Chevalier, and I, I'm with you. I think it's Chevalier. Like, what the fuck, oh, Chevalier? Right. I, 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 I don't. I think it's Chevalier. I, I disagree with them. I'm with you. We'll call him Brian, shall we? There we Bri- go. We'll just call him Bri- Brian. Puerto Bri- Rican Bri- Brian. <laughs> Puerto Rican Brian getting knocked out in the fourth round by Cortez. Cortez, nothing really special. Just absolutely ground him down, and uh, Brian wasn't able to keep him off him. Unfortunately, uh, Bruce Carrington, Icing Bernard Bad Torres. The Phil- I, I was with Bradley on that one. Lanky guy. Um, yeah. That weight. It seemed like he just had. He he couldn't sit down on his shots. Normally a pretty good puncher in Chevalier in Puerto Rican Brian. Um, yeah. I in Cortez. But Cortez, with uh, two back-to-back uh, stoppage victories over good competition. Yeah, he's improving, Xavier isn't Martinez, he? and now uh, 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 Puerto Rican Brian. So, I I, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and for, was, that at one, was that at 140? I, was... 130. Oh, and 130. Well, now we know who Shaki Foster's next opponent is. Well, I thought that. Yeah, that's what I actually thought, uh, Matty, Andres Cortez. But then when I was looking at it, I noticed... Uh, he'd won the WBO Intercontinental Super Featherweight title. So what they might do is, if Navarrete vacates the title, vacates. they might look for Cortez to fight for the vacant and then possibly unify against Foster. Maybe that's the long play. That makes very reasonable sense right there. I, yeah. I, I think you just called them out on the on their inner working, Steve. Not mm. so, yeah, not so smart and sneaky, are they? We see through no, you, bastards. No, absolutely, we'll see through them. Um, Bernard Torres might be seeing a double this morning after he got battered by Bruce Shushu Carrington. They gave him the build up, he even did the Mike Tyson. Uh, he didn't quite get to, I'm going to eat his children at the end, unfortunately. I was a bit disappointed about that. But uh, Bernard Torres came out, gave a good account of himself, as we thought he would. I thought it might go a couple of rounds later, but the same, similar result. But it was an absolute uh, highlight reel knockout, really, Matty, the way he caught him square on with that right hand. He's maturing into a nice puncher, Carrington. He is, and he, he's a confident fighter and uh, another guy who's just uh, has all the upside in the world. That right hand he caught him with was perfect, too. Uh, his opponent just, like, standing straight up at the time in the worst position possible um, and just ate that right hand, and uh, down he went, out he was. Uh, a hell of a, a stoppage victory for Carrington, who seems to be the best of that Olympic class. 
Even Tiger Johnson as well, who was also on the card, getting a first-round knockout win. His opponent was overmatched, though, wasn't he? I didn't see that fight, but I've seen enough of Tiger Johnson and, and Bruce Carrington to, to think that one's got more upside than the than the other. I think that I think that at the end of the day, if he sticks it out in the sport, I think Tiger Johnson Johnson's going to find himself in like that Terrell Gaucher kind of land of fighter. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, shout out to the man I was calling Murder Shadda. He's actually called Shadda Murder. He's got murder on his mind, though, Matty. There he is, the gentleman himself. 14 years in the game, uh, taking hearts, taking souls. He's, he's my kind of referee. Absolutely. We we need to have him in as many world title bouts as possible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you catch anything else from the undercard? Isa Flaherty, I thought he was going to quite interesting fight against Julian Baptiste, who gave his absolute all. Didn't even win around the poor bugger. I saw the rest of it. Can't remember anything apart from Vianello, who knocked out an overmatched opponent, as we mentioned. Now I'm trying to think what, of what else was on that one. That That's Sedano looked decent. The Dominican Republic guy, Yuri Sedano. He won us. He knocked out Antonio Todd, the journeyman in the sixth round. That Sedano looked like a useful southpaw. I didn't catch that one, unfortunately. So, yeah, I th- I think that we've covered everything that I've seen on that card. Brilliant stuff. Andy, did you manage to catch anything from the ESPN undercard or just Foster Nova? Uh, no, I did catch <coughs> some of it, mate. Um, firstly, as well, I don't know what, what you guys caught in terms of the broadcast. One that I got was three hours and there were only three fights on it. That was the yeah. Carrington, Chevalier um, and Foster. Yeah. Um, just to be shouted to Joe Tessitore, by the way. His his commentary after that Carrington Torres fight was an absolute joke. I mean, the guy, the, the way the guy went on it, you think Torres was some sort of elite world class fighter that Carrington absolutely iced there. Actually, just dial it in a wee bit, man. We, we, we see what we saw. I mean, Carrington, I felt looked like, especially after the rehydration, looked like he was like definitely a weight class bigger than Torres. I've seen Torres before, and he is not. I think Bradley mentioned that he was meant to be some sort of puncher. He isn't. He, he never was a puncher. No. Um, so I don't know where I get that one from. As I say, I just thought the levels of Carrington was 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 above Torres. To be fair, um, you mentioned it was a bad knockout, a real bad knockout. Um, Try to remember was was the Cortez one? Was that the one that the um, was that the right hand over the top that caught the guy on the on the eye? And he took a kind of delayed. Yes, team. yes, and aye, he was about to one, get aye. stopped in the third, wasn't he? And they just the about one, get, put him out in the fourth, and then the referee had had enough. I think all the corner. That was some shot, that to be fair. Now, I wonder if it was maybe a broken eye socket or something, because that, that was a delayed reaction. But the guy backed off immediately, and he, obviously then he took the knee. So could be a bad one. That and as as, as, as I mentioned, yeah, that Chevalier or whatever you pronounce it is, I think he's highly ranked with the WBO. So. Cortez was lord on that list, so he'll jump up a wee bit as well, I would imagine. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Andy, for going through the top rank undercard. Just to remember everybody, to remind everybody, rather, listening at home, you are listening to episode 560 of the Boxing Asylum Nuttows podcast. Steve's here, that's me, Andy's here, and Matty as well. We have a few talking points to get through in the middle of the show before we preview next next week's action, the value of the weeks, and whatnot. Uh, first of all, Matty. Let's go over to Friday night. Not much Saturday night action, but there was a bit of Friday night going on. Eddie Hearn was over in Mexico for DAZN. Mauricio Alara, we'll talk about him shortly, getting really badly hurt to the body in round six and escaping with a draw against Daniel Lugo. And Adrian Curiel, who pulled off one of the upsets of the year last year in November in Monaco by icing Sivanathi Nonshinga. 
got his comeuppance in an absolutely... It was a really exciting fight at 108. Uh, Nonshinga from South Africa is the IBF World Light Flyweight title holder again. Just outlasted him in round nine. He really got to Curiel, started putting the pressure on him. And then in round 10, he had an absolute lease of life, a real burst of energy. Uh, started throwing a lot of shots. Mark Callow, Oi, the referee, jumped in and stopped it in round 10. Did you catch it first of all, Matty? And if so, what did you make of it? Fun little fight, I thought. Well, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a heck of a good fight, uh, and I was a little bit surprised that it went the way that it did because I was kind of thinking that Note Shinga, from the way he took the shot in their first fight, uh, his size, I kind of thought he might have been a little bit weight drained, um, but he managed to get through, and and I thought that Curiel was pretty clearly winning the, the the fight up until that ninth round, and even that ninth round, it wasn't until the last ten seconds when when uh, Nochinga just turned it around with a, with a flurry and, and yeah. absolutely damaged Curiel. And in the 10th round, um, they just, uh, I, it, it was still a lot of a battle and Curiel seemed like he was still hurt, but he was still pushing forward. And, and once again, he just got caught and, uh, and, and found himself hurt. Referee gave him every chance, called a knockdown when he was still standing against the ropes. Took some flush shots, didn't but, he, man? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he and when the, and, and when the referee finally stopped to end it and 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 was was put his arms around Curiel, I noticed Curiel put his arms around the ref too. I think he was very very happy that that that, that was over at that point in time. Um, so I uh, I, I heard that Nochinga has to take care of his mandatory next, and it was somebody who had already fought. Name is is uh, escaping me. Um, could we see this uh, a third time? You never know. But, uh, you know, their first fight was fun until it was over, which is a much shorter one. And now this one was a heck of a fight, too, where they where they treated, uh, you know, jabs like it was a four letter word. Um, It was just all inside fighting uh, head to head and um, great inside stuff. Lots of body shots. Um, Definitely one of the more fun fights of the year uh, this far. I I really can't uh, knock them for putting together this rematch for this uh, main event. Um, it, It certainly delivered. And on the undercard, Matty, you mentioned body shots there. I alluded to Lara earlier on. He's kind of gone from zero to hero. Those two Warrington fights, we saw what he was all about. And then the first Lee Wood fight, he looked like he was going to be a bona fide beast. And then the second one, he came in absolutely weight-drained. He's managed to strip himself back down to a particular weight again. This time, he's up at 130 now. But those body shots are absolutely killing him. Anyone who's got a bit about him is just going to target that rib cage like crazy, aren't they, like Lugo did? I would imagine, but I... God, is Laura shot at 25? He might be, you know. It's, I mean, he's fought a hell of a level of competition. It's Mexican 25, like dog years, isn't it? Yeah, no shit. Um, but he, I mean, he's fought a great level of competition. Sometimes, is he living the life? Uh, there's just seems to be something missing from this Lara compared to the Lara of, you know, uh, only a, a year ago. What is, isn't that when he stopped Lee Wood? Um, well, it's like February of last year, I think. Let me see. It was, uh, yeah, May 2023. And then February, sorry, was the foot when he stopped him. That was right. Yeah. It was a very quick turnaround. You're quite right. Absolutely. Yeah. So like in the course of a year, what the hell's happened to, to, this to the day? Really? Yeah. 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 And he just barely snuck away with that draw. I thought as well, Steve, I mean, that was, um, could have gone. I I don't. I would like to say it could have gone either way, but I think a draw was fair, or maybe leaning to Lugo. But I I don't know. Um, it, it might be time to hang him up uh, if, for whatever reason, Mauricio Lara can't seem to find some of that old fire 
and uh, some of that uh, passion and desire you used to have because it's just something's missing in there right now, and it's it's not the same fighter to me. Yep, something's missing. The passion and desire could be all gone out of Mauricio Laura. And did you manage to catch Laura against Lugo and indeed the main event, Curiel Nonshinga rematch, which was a good fight? Yeah, it was a good fight, mate. Um, I'll just I'll mention that one first. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was forehead to forehead stuff, wasn't it? Um, good body action. And then obviously, I think obviously the, the, the point deduction for the South African was actually the, one of the key points because it came right back after that and just took it right to him. I think it was the eighth round. Kind of really badly hurt him up a wee bit, actually. Kind of backed him up and then obviously piled in, based, forced a stoppage. But I wasn't too uh, much a, a fan or keen of the referee actually stepping in there and giving that standing count. I think that should have either been stopped or he should have allowed them to can, you know, basically kind of take the batter up against the ropes. So, um, other than that, it was a, it was a really good scrap, actually, to be fair. Re- really good fight. And yeah, you're right about Lara. I, I don't know if it's... Obviously, he's, he's too tight to make 126. I think the step to 130 seems to be maybe a bit too much, possibly with the, with the previous camps and maybe too many wars. I think it's maybe kind of caught up with him now, to be fair. I mean, he was definitely looked flat to, to me, anyway, at least. His footwork was pretty awful. Didn't he look steady in his legs whatsoever. Um, I thought Lugo did a lot of, especially early doors, anyway, did a lot of significant work as well. So... Um, no surprise with the draw card to be fair, but I really think Lara's now really on the definitely on the slide and he's there to be taken by someone actually. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him possibly take an L within the next twelve months to be fair. Yeah, Eddie's lining him up for an L, I think, as well. He might be looking to get rid of old Lara. He was an exciting fighter in his prime, but it looks like it could have come I, and go. Could, could you see Eddie putting him in with Rocky Hernandez? That's a good one. Yeah, I never even thought about that, to be honest. That would be all action in Mexico. Yeah, that's a great shape, Matty. I hadn't considered that one. Yeah, I, I you know, I mean, yeah, give give each guy another chance, kind of a, you know, uh, uh, you know, winner moves on, loser goes home kind of situation um, in that one. But uh, I, I think that that, at the very least, would be entertaining while it lasted. Certainly would. Winner moves on. Loser goes home, says Matty. Indeed, that could be the case for Joseph Jojo Diaz as we fly through the cards over the weekend. This was on Thursday night, a night before Oscar De La Hoya promotions over on DAZN. I only saw two fights on this card. Not sure what the boys have seen. We'll go to Matty first. I saw Eric Tudor returning against Luis Carabario Ramos. This was a tw- eight-round decision win. Tudor lost his last fight which was a bit of an upset. He went in against a little dwarfy guy this time, so he was able to use his jab and his size dimensions as best as he could. And then in the main event, Jesus Antonio Perez Campos, known as Ricky Perez, who's uh, grilled himself down apparently from 200 pounds. He was a bit of a fatty at one point, and he's now come down to the sort of 140 region to fight up against Joseph Diaz. Jojo Diaz, former world champion, who is eating his way up to 140. What I love about Diaz, Matty, is that he's, a re- he's actually a talented guy. He's a good southpaw. He picks his shots really well. But he's that indisciplined. He always comes in overweight and out of shape so that he, c- he just has to stand there because he's not fit enough to last the 10 rounds, which makes for great entertainment for us. Not for his brain cells at the end of his career, but he takes shots. He gives them. He throws real nice shots in between. If he could brim- uh, boil himself down in weight, he'd be a threat, I think, around lightweight or whatever, but he seems to be stuck in this limbo at the moment where he can't get himself down, but he dropped a few F-bombs afterwards. He said, Jesus is real. He, he really ticked all the boxes for me. I, I actually like Diaz. I look forward to watching watching him fight, even when he's he's losing. This is loss number five. Yeah, I unfortunately, Steve, I did not catch 
that fight. I dozed off at some point during the second two-door fight. I saw his younger brother in a draw against Josias Gonzalez in what was an interesting fight for uh, for a guy in his, his, his pro debut. Um, I uh, saw Garcia and Lozada. Uh, that was uh, just a smoke-out session there. Uh, easy win for Garcia. Uh, Chavez against uh, against Olguin. That was a... Uh, pretty damn fun fight uh even though one-sided on the cards which is weird that uh chavez didn't uh didn't uh, have any points off of one card considering he got dropped in a round but um yeah it was uh it seemed like a decent card as far as jojo goes he should really be at 130 steve i mean that's the problem we've seen him at 135 again a bunch of killers there his best work was at 130 pounds he started out at featherweight um, it seems he was really, I did like, I woke up right with, during the, the post-fight interviews and he was really pissed. He was blaming golden boy saying, if this is the way he's going to be treated and these are the decisions he's going to be getting, he would just prefer to sit out the rest of his contract. Like he was very vocal. So he did feel uh, quite done wrong, uh, by that decision. So I'll be kind of curious to see where he goes from here. I mean, he was already fighting on a Thursday night card, um, against a rather nondescript opponent. So. I don't know. Uh, it, it he just might not see him in the ring for a while unless uh, Golden Boy and him can come to some terms. We're amicably split here soon. Uh, did you uh, happen, Matty, just before we go to the chat and Rob to catch the Pro Box card on? Uh, it was Friday night, wasn't it? It was Valentine's. I watched I, it this yeah. morning, Steve. Oh, very good. I thought Pucci yeah. against Lucas Silva. Uh, da Silva was the standout of the fight. I thought that was a good little scrap. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Apache is great bang for his buck, man. Uh, it's a shame that he was out for as long as he was. Uh, he was uh, on a, a hiatus of 22 months, and apparently he had a shoulder injury. And because of that shoulder injury, uh, obviously he was out, but he didn't have any insurance. So he didn't even have the money to get himself fixed up so he could make a return to the ring. Um, so here he was coming in against an undefeated opponent, and uh, just a uh, nice little war between the two of them until he just uh, inevitably started beating the crumb out of him. And uh, and uh, the referee stepped in, and his opponent seemed fine with that. He, he hugged him at the end like, basically, <laughs> hey, you kicked my ass. Well done, sir. <laughs> it's, he, he took it like a, like a champ. So uh, you got to give him some credit there. Uh, but so Apache uh, might be moving on. Considering the back and forth after the fight, uh, he might be moving into a rematch with Brandon Glanton, yeah, which I think would be a tr- tremendously first uh, one was a great fight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was split decision uh, for Glanton, if I recall, with uh, uh, Apache hitting the canvas. Uh, it was yeah, definitely a, a good fight there. Let's see uh, what else we had on there. You say uh, hitting the canvas, if I remember rightly, he took didn't he take like a sort of not a sucker punch, but he was like wasn't expecting it and took an absolute bomb of a right hand or a left hand or whatever it was. And I thought, flip me, that guy has some chin, like, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was something like that. And Glanton didn't go to the neutral corner, and it, that probably right, cost right. knockout. I knew there was something he talked right, about yeah. that at the end, yeah. Let's see, what else uh, did you before catch? We get to the before we get to the main event, uh, Jashawn James. Uh, getting a uh, UD over Von Alexander in what was, um, I think, maybe a little bit of a closer fight than, than the cards would say on there. Um, Alexander definitely uh, landed some good shots on James. You know, I mean, Alexander, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not the shiniest record, but he is. Devin's fought, brother, isn't it? 
He is Devin's brother. And yeah. I mean, he's fought uh, a good number of top uh, opponents who have, uh, you know, moved on to uh, win titles, challenge for titles. Uh, so James uh, does look like an interesting fighter coming up, coming off of two draws prior to this fight. But uh, he's a big guy uh, for middleweight. And you can see some skills. If he get a bit snappier with the jab, that would probably uh, do him a, a great uh, bit of service. Um, see, uh, what else did I see on there? Actually, we'll go to the main event uh, before the last one because I definitely want to highlight another fight on the card. Uh, Israel Rodriguez Picasso uh, had to retire in the sixth round after getting a broken jaw against Ramon Cardenas in what was a fight that was shaping up to be pretty interesting with uh, 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 Picasso trying to fight on the back foot. Cardenas coming forward. The legendary Nacho Berrostein was in Picasso's corner. Um, and Cardenas, uh, did very well, uh, with UL Diaz in his corner, started finally finding the body, working his way into it. And he landed a great right hand that broke the job Picasso and the, the doctor got in there and said, Oh yeah, it's like, this is stopping. You can't uh, so, say it wasn't a, a bad broken jaw. Like, man, my God, it was nearly hanging off and blood. Yeah, everywhere. It was nasty. It was nasty. So a good win for Cardenas. Uh, now he's 22 and one on that comeback trail, uh, see what he might be able to do at, uh, looks like he's campaigning at, at uh, uh, super bantamweight, you know, I mean, obviously the man in a way at that division, but a lot of good fights to be made there. Interesting to see where he'll go on. And, uh, but I'll tell you the fight to highlight on this one uh, for those that didn't catch it. If you, if you're just looking for, I, I got, uh, you know, 30 minutes to kill. I want to watch a great fight. Emiliano Moreno against Axel Melendez Salgado, uh, two undefeated fighters going at it over eight rounds in what was a great back and forth battle where uh, each guy had their say at many points uh, with uh, Moreno doing more work on the back foot landing combinations as Salgado tried to make his way on the inside. Both guys doing exceptional work to the body. Um, I don't know if this is a, you'd call this a, a fight of the year, but this is a really entertaining enough battle that I think it's going to be one of the notable fights of the year. Um, I think both of these guys have great upside despite, uh, Salgado having to take the L in this one. But for those that didn't catch it, pro box, uh, from Friday night, Emiliano Moreno against Axel Melendez Salgado. It is some must see TV for boxing fans. Must see TV, just like we're must hear audio every Sunday evening. You would imagine rapping Rob Kelly's here. We'll go to him very shortly before we do. So let's have a look through the chat. See who's hanging around AP's there. Uh, Tosh Brendan, Home Junior Malone is here as well. So is Yimmy Yappy. Harvey Price Boxing returns, has returned. Uh, we have, uh, who else is here? Not too many floating about, just a few thousand. Ant B has nothing better to do with his time on a Sunday evening. Uh, Michael hey. Thompson's with us. Where's, hey, where's fucking Jim McDonald and all these losers? Oh, oh, fucking no. guys that listen to us all the time. You, you, tell, you tell Aunt B <laughs> to get her ass back in the kitchen and make me some bean pies or I'm going to kick her ass. There no Chuck Wu, no Jim McDonald's. No. Fucking R.I.P. the chat. R.I.P. the chat. Callum Chuck B's there. Chuck Josh Ward. Asleep. Come on. The yeah, pod's washed these days, man. <laughs> I washed a bit, man. Beat my voice. Hey, We're not washed. The listeners are washed. I still <laughs> Oh, Jim is there. Jim is there. The listeners have washed their hands of us. There's the juice. There's Jim McDonald. There's Captain Casual. That's Damo. I'm here. Me, me, me. He says, never mind about them, Rob, Rob Kelly. They've all tuned yeah, exactly. in to listen to what you had to say. Uh, what you what, what you got to watch, rather, from over the weekend. Oshaki Foster against Abraham Nova. Did you enjoy that one? Champagne Supernova, my man. Champagne Supernova. <laughs> uh, 
he nearly came up with the goods. I, I thought like um, Osaki Foster's on a good run, but he's not like he's a very good fighter. But he's not like he has to work for it, don't he? Like he has to like he's not the finished article. He's not like the guy with the best natural ability. He's not the most athletic guy. He has to grind it out. Like and I thought it was just one of those performances. Thought he got the job done, but maybe expectations are a little bit too high on him now because kind of. He's fighter of the year in some people's book, and he's on such a good run. And his story, like he was brought in the in, in as the opponent um, to lose, basically, and then upset the apple cart. And now he's just he's in. He's one of them. Like he's going to fucking grind. I don't think I'd be like, oh fuck, oh Shaky Fa- <laughs> Foster's fighting. I better fucking catch this one. You know what I mean? If I probably if, if I wasn't on the pod, I wouldn't have bothered watching that. Like um, after a couple of rounds, it was tough. But. Um, Decent, decent, but he's not setting the fucking world like like for me. Um, and I think he's one of those guys that once he loses the title, we never fucking hear about him again. Do you know that way? Because he's not mm. like a draw or whatever. So, you know, like long may he reign. I like I like the guy. Like I like his story and everything, but I don't get excited watching his fights. Um, you think he's like the straight-eyed Ke- Tevin Farmer? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comparison, actually. <laughs> Kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, kind of, well, Tevin, Tevin kind of fucking overachieved didn't he? because he came at the good time for, for the zone that time when they were paying a lot of paying a lot of money for fucking just to have people on the books. So, um, that was the dumbest investment ever. Who pays Tevin Farmer millions of dollars? You don't remember the classic ship? between Tevin Farmer, Tevin Farmer, and Jeff <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's actually he was a good fighter. Who the fuck did when didn't they used to say Tank was ducking him back in the day? Tank is yeah, ducking right, Tank yeah. Farmer. Be a pay for view, wasn't he? Well, I tell After you, he beat you know up what? James Tennyson. If he he did, yeah. Wait a he minute, wait a minute. Sorry, up. sorry, 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 Rob. Did you just did you just say to me there that somebody claimed that? There was there was there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of talk at the time. Yeah, that that didn't want to smoke with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but I just Davis would have knocked his eyes so straight. I was thinking he would have got free fucking corrective eye surgery if he had gone for fucking. After he, happened, after he Robbie, hit him with that fucking first left hand, it would have been like Robin Hood men in tights when Blinken ran into the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I could I'll, see. I'll tell you what that happened to him. He'd go, his eyes fucking narrowed together, actually. Maybe he'd in the boat with a fucking Capri straw. <laughs> <laughs> Got shot in the hands, didn't he, Rob? Yeah, Tevin, the hands. It was a yeah. defence wound. I think he was, wasn't he... It was something to do with a woman or something, but he was, it was a defence wound, apparently, uh-huh. fucking saving his face when he got shot in the hand, so... Shot in the hand, and he's cross-eyed, and he can't really punch, and he fucking went out to be world title, so world champion. So you know what I mean? Against all odds, there for Tevin Farmer. Um, I always wondered about that with cross-eyed people. Maybe if there's any in the chat, does it affect like where you can see, or is it just the position of your eye? Like I'm guessing it's for anyway. Let's fucking let's down a rabbit hole. Let's not go down there. Yeah. Um, might end up down there. I think we're already down there. I think we're, we're like <laughs> boxing asylum is like Roy Jones now at this point. We just won't accept it's over, and we keep fucking getting knocked out every fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> Once we were the greatest of all time, and I was just fucking. We'll stumble, we'll stumble like Dennis Lebedev or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll, we'll stumble on for the next five years, taking L after L after L. After L. <laughs> Back with dodgy knees, fighting fucking on exhibitions. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Oh, it's in next uh, big pod. The fight that should have happened ten years ago. On a switch show. We we could probably fight them at Wembley Stadium. Fight on name value only. Ninety-three thousand. Let tell them we're only doing it if the fucking business is right, my friend. Okay, we're not fucking just fighting anyone. We're not as scared of any pad, but we're only doing John it. Fury. Camden John Fury needs to make business sense first. Exactly, <laughs> business sense for us to get involved. <laughs> uh. You see anything else, Rob? Yeah, I saw my man Bruce Carrington. Oh, um, 
on Friday Night Fights get a knockout win. Finish, wasn't it, though? Yeah, it was a good finish. And I've got a couple of vantage points because there's a lot of people I know from uh, Brownsville in watching Bruce. <laughs> and some of the reactions for fucking ringside were amazing, man, at the knockout. You know, broken people anyway. They were like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And it was like, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> I was like, whoa, fuck that. Maybe he's dead. Relax. Like, um, but he seems that he seems like he fucking he did the he did the job didn't he like turns up on a, a ESPN was it an ESPN card yep. Friday night fights fucking gets the big knockout gets Tessa Toro all excited um people want to see him because he's got a following he's from Brooklyn Shannon Briggs is around all the time shouting around a bit um and he not, he got the knockout finish so that's what you want like you kind of don't want anyone to play with their food as you like as we like to say here and I think. He held up his end of the bag and put himself in line for another big fight. Like, you'd want to watch that, wouldn't you? Like, it comes forward, good shot selection. When he got him hurt, he took him out in spectacular fashion. So, that's what you want. Like. Exactly what you want on a Friday night. I think I saw night. something else as well, but I can't remember Ooh. what it was. So On that same card, was it? I'm not sure. Look, it'll come to me eventually. Yep. <laughs> I've got Can a serious theory about that. Oh. Oh. Well, that's not really there. Oh, yeah, it's on the call. <laughs> free, oh, free Richard E. Hall. Don't yep, let him fucking get you. Yep, get him out there. Uh, Andy, did you manage to see the Rakamov Nunes fight? Eddie, apparently, didn't he? A lampshade fall on his head or something? <laughs> no, I'm going to see the stoppage, mate. It was, uh, it was a bit of a shock, actually, to be fair, but he just got, he just got fucking worked upon upon the ropes and the referee stepped in, so... I can't add any much more of that, mate, to be fair. Um, that was one of those IBA yeah. cards, eh? That's right, IBA. I watched it. I thought he just got knackered. The two of them were fighting out on even terms. Then all of a sudden, I, I looked at him around round 10. I knew the score, so obviously I was kind of looking for it. But they, they took him over to the corner to get his glove tape cut. And he just looked to me like he was blown really heavily. And I thought, this guy's absolutely bollocks, man. And then Nunes, he looked fresh as a daisy. Don't know what he was on, but he yeah. just patted him. Could have been on the hot sauce again, mate. You know what I'm saying? Like the time out in South Africa when he left all that shit in the hotel room. Possibly. You know, must, must but Rakamov definitely, definitely wasn't these days. Tell you what, yeah. he just looked bollock. He just ran out of gas completely, under. Well, bit for him then, really, because he'll probably drop out of top ten rankings. I think it's WBC. He's probably ranked with. Yeah, he's ranked pretty high. In fact, I think wasn't this an eliminator for the right to fight as Cordina's mandatory? I know Rakimov's fourteen before. So Nunes will now go on to fight Cordina. So that's a win-win for Eddie because he has both fighters, doesn't he? Well, see, see, boss, I said, I noticed this fight hasn't even been, been sanctioned or even notified by BoxRec yet, to be fair. Yeah, um, I couldn't find it on there at all, the whole card. The only reason I, I remember it happened is because I actually saved saved the show. I actually watched maybe sometime later next week because they tend to put on you know some decent fighters on, on those IBA shows, but I, I haven't caught up with it, to be fair. Uh, same goes for the Pro Box show for last week and that as well. I haven't kind of caught up with that either. No problem at all. We shall move oh, on before we look I ahead to... I wonder if Tajikistan yeah. is like an awful autocracy and they're just refusing to recognise anything that happened there or something. Possibly. Tajikistan, is that where it took place, yeah? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that was his. Yeah, and he's a Tajik fighter. I guess that'd be the right term. And that was his homecoming fight, first professional fight at home, and he got knocked out. Let's see. What is Tajikistan famous for? The ancient land of Tajikistan is famous for its architectural monuments, natural beauty, and unique sites. There are many picturesque, crystal clear mountain lakes, towering snow-capped peaks, thousand-year-old fortresses, Matty, mausoleums, and mosques. Bavo was nice, born there, was he? Who's that? Bavo, was he not born in Tajikistan? Yes, uh, that was Kyrgyzstan, I think he's from. 
Oh, is it Kurdish? This is Tajikistan. Get your stands right, Andy. Sorry, mate. It, it sounds like a lovely place. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Have... Oh, there's pictures here as well. Can't share them with you, unfortunately, but they look lovely to me. Shout out to Tajikistan. I wonder if you've got any listeners in Tajikistan. Give us a shout if you have. If Greetings. My name is Bobak. <laughs> <laughs> I think Turkmenistan is the one that's like an awful autocracy, like where one dude controls everything. Ah, uh, it's all like gold oh, and get him, fucking yeah. And he, and Fuck he off. Hey, and he, and he, like you changed, <laughs> like the leader changed all these words to the same fucking word. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah, no rubbish on the streets though, Rob. No wonder that fucking pot is dying. Jesus, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's breathe some life back into it with a bit of news and notes. We'll go to you first, uh, Matty. I don't know if you heard anything about this during the week. I know I'm kind of hitting the boys with random ones here, but Pro Box acquires boxing scene. Um, I have a few. Oh, aye. Yeah, I, I, see, I see uh, Jake Donovan and uh, Cliff Rold are no longer working there anymore. I did notice that Eric Raskin and uh, Kieran Mulvaney have been getting articles published there, so I wonder if they've maybe been... Uh... Oh, yes. By those guys. Yes, Raskin's going over to it, apparently. The, apparently, the, the boxing voice are getting involved somewhere, so that'll be me out of listening to it anyway. Uh, Tim Bradley's <laughs> there as well. Uh, Malinaji, Algeria, Sean Porter. Wait a minute. Him. The boxing voice are getting involved. Some, the... So it's saying on one of the Reddit threads. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That host, Who are the boxing that, voice that, again? That federal grass, ex-drug <laughs> dealer, is now, is now going mainstream. What the, the fuck? Pro-box, yeah. That's what it said in one of the Reddit forums. Anyway, it's been acquired by ProBox has been acquired by uh, <coughs> sorry, has acquired boxing scene. What's the crack here, Rob? Does is this going to like journalistic integrity? <laughs> is it known as part of the show? Is time, Rob? Boxing. It just goes to show you, like honestly, right? It just goes to show you how far the fucking sport is falling to bits. Where this is actually a fucking news point. Do you know what I mean? And not just this. Like it's like Umar has gone to fucking some place and. Parsons is like, who gives a fuck? You know, let's right? so make, make more fights. Not aiming at you, Steve. You know, you get me. Like, but it's like, I to be honest, and, and be honest with you, like, I really like um Malinaji's commentary. I like fucking Teddy Atlas sometimes. I think uh, Porter's fun sometimes. I think Bradley just says shit a lot of the time just for fucking sound bites. But on the balance of it, like, they're pretty good. You know that way. So it just did we just catch... need to have fights for them to call. You know that way. Did, did you catch Paulie's comments about a month ago when um, remember that shit where um, Tony Weeks with that bullshit stoppage? Oh yeah, like, yeah. A few days later, Paulie's even even asked the question. He may be a gambling addict, you know, guys. He may be a gambling addict. And he's fucking repeating <laughs> it and repeating. It. I'm like, fucking hell, they shut up. <laughs> Yeah, Paulie's a fucking headbanger. Like, but you know, he's not. He has his own. But I don't understand because Paulie has his own. Doesn't he have his own like YouTube channel yeah. as well? He interviews Pauly's... people in Spanish as well. He's fluent in Spanish, seemingly. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Italian is a good base for the Spanish anyway because well, they're yeah. all based on oh, Latin, aren't they? There we are. That's Pro Box anyway. That's the best I could come up with. I've got a bit more for you though, Rob. <laughs> yeah. What about this one? Stubiel Matias. <laughs> That's why we have to get off the now train now. He signed with Matchroom, so we're going to have to boo him and hiss him. But no, seriously, Eddie signed him. He's over the moon, apparently, signing a promotional pact, which is what they call it these days. Is this going to help or hinder Matias' progression, Rob? Well, do you know what? I think he's probably in a better position now than he had been 
before His Excellency got involved because Eddie and Frank are cross-promoting now. There doesn't seem to be any obstacles. There seems to be a willingness. It's all being driven by the market, obviously, and the fact that every in the world has a fire stick but, and there's no money for pay-per-views and no fights for us. But the, the market seems to be pushing the direction of cross-promotion these days, doesn't it? So when you would have been kind of saying, like, before, if Eddie had fucking Matthias, he'd been trying to keep him away from everybody that was on top rank or fucking PBC. Now... He quickly learned he had to fucking go the opposite and make friends and pander to PBC in top ranks, if you like. Um, so we want to see Matias versus Lopez. Like I think that's the fucking that's the fight to bring the best out of Tio and a bit and bring the best out Lanares of him. Next. That's what Eddie will get. Oh, no, no, no. Lanares is retired. He's retired. No, that's no. What Michael Eddie, Thompson is saying Eddie, he never Eddie's, retired. Rob oh, just takes Eddie. one step back in the game. Eddie no, he's he's like retired. He's training some. He's training some kid in Miami. Um, Lanares, I think. But hopefully, anyway, that he doesn't wear him. Fuck me. After seeing him against Catra, like he just looked like the ghost of the ghost that got knocked together by Cano. Like I thought he was finished after the fucking Lamachenko fight, to be honest with you. But enough about Lenares. Um, Matias versus anyone, man, I'd watch. Do you know that way? I think he's fucking fantastic. Um, he has the fucking punch. He has the, the. He's a mean machine. He fucking. He warms into fights. He looks vulnerable too. So he doesn't. You never quite know what's going to happen with him. But that's the fight I wanted to see. I know that was floated to Efimo Lopez. That's probably now before he signed his new promo deal. So, mm-hmm. you know, that'd have to be a cross promotion or you'd have to let a guy go across the street. So it was not going to happen next. I don't know. What are the what are the potential opponents that he's bullshitting about? Liam Paro, they're talking about. Ah, but you're like, fucking, you're not going to get that guy out of the house. That's a good fight, actually. I, I, I think that's a damn good fight. And I, I think Paro's been sitting in that place in the rankings. For a very long time, waiting on a on a shot. So it, I'm he's not waiting on a shot. He's just one. looking out his window all the time, like who's out there. <laughs> you wonder though, Rob, with the rumors of the PBC, which we'll be talking about shortly in relation to Canelo, and uh, it's starting to gather pace. Not just Rick Glazer's talking about it, but there's something dodgy going on there. Why would they have Matias on for all these different fights? I know he was on ESPN before, but and not sort of nail him down to some degree. I mean, it is strange that, you know, they're letting... The rollout's launched. The the rollout Mm. is very, very, very strange. The fact that they're rolling it out, isn't it on Paramount or fucking Amazon? It's Amazon, isn't it? Amazon, Amazon, yeah, but they are looking for a secondary uh, programmer, apparently. And I'd heard that might be Paramount. So there's Amazon and Paramount or whatever, but the first fucking fight was a pay-per-view fight between an Australian and a fella who's been in the wilderness for fucking three years at a weight he's never fought at. So I don't really know. That was odd. Is, is it like they're just taking a shit ton of money now and throwing out any old shit because they know it's going to fail mm-hmm. anyway? I don't know. Like, But um, that was an... I thought that was a hugely strange fight. Unless, like, Tim Drew does, like, some guaranteed massive Australian pay-per-view numbers that I don't know about. Like, But I thought that was a weird one to lead off with. Like, It was. Uh, right, what else have we got here? Uh, Matty, we'll get to you on this one. They mentioned this for Matthias to Jared Anderson. They were saying on the broadcast that he's going to be fighting on April the 13th. Uh, heavyweight hope to return against Riyad Murhi. Uh, lost to Kevin Lorena a few fights ago, which isn't a good look. Uh, fought down at Cruiserweight before he was a Cruiserweight champion. A bit small. Came up in weight to fight Tony Yoka. Beat him in France last time out. Yoka's turned out to be a bit of a shell. On paper, he, is a pun- he was a puncher at Cruiserweight, and he does come to fight this Belgium guy. Uh, Murray, but I don't know, man. It just seems a little bit underwhelming for Jared Anderson. Uh, is he losing momentum? Do you think Anderson a wee bit? He was doing pretty well at fighting reasonably often until he had his uh, run-in with the cops. Yeah, where he got pulled over and he was That's fucked right. up. And 
Um, we'll see what goes on. I, I appreciate that he does this. He's, he, he makes it blatantly clear that he does this for his family and for his future and for nothing more, et cetera, et cetera. I, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how far he goes. I, I kind of think that you have to have, you know, that desire to be great, to, to really touch the top of championship boxing in, in any division. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't know that this is where he's going to run into his ceiling, but, um, I, I think his, uh, his own mentality has created a ceiling for him. Yeah. He's fallen a bit, Andy. I think he, he looked a little bit vulnerable in the Charles Martin fight, but I don't mind that because it was a step up and they put him in against a live opponent. He's been out the ring since, since August before he was active at least. And then they had the Rodenko fight, which wasn't great. Now they're putting him into this one just doesn't feel like he's moving up to me. You know, he's, he's becoming active and the opponent level isn't necessarily getting any better. I know they can sell it off the back of the Yoka win for Murphy, but I don't know, Anderson, hopefully if he gets rid of this guy, they'll get him out fast again because he needs to fight. He said that before, hasn't he, Andy himself? Like he's going to get into trouble otherwise floating about with guns and smoking weed and whatnot. They need to get him in the ring quickly. Yeah, interesting fight that one actually because I'm sure that Riyad, is that Riyad Merano got a fight arranged? Um, well, against uh, Anderson, as far as I know, I don't think anything else, to be honest with you. He has a knockout over Zhao Xinjiang, Andy, who we saw icing that Romanov last week. Uh, I'm, I'm certain that Belgian had a fight arranged. Or is it right. other Belgian I think about? Is that Arslan Gulamarian, possibly? Oh, Gulamarian, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I take the point. The thing is, as well, the, the Belgians are he's an ex-career ex cruiserweight. Yep, he was WBA champion. Amongst yeah, many. <laughs> he's moving up more, obviously opportunity me all, but can I say that about Anderson that as well? It's been baby steps, but I think he 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 kind of caught up some truth in that as well by saying that he's not really in the sport for for much longer anyway. Isn't he? What is he twenty? What twenty two, twenty three? Did you say he wanted to retire by the time he was twenty eight or whatever That's it was? Right. He's only he's twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But to be fair, it's another tick over fight from me. I mean. There's every chance he he, he he takes it maybe in the middle half of the fight and he maybe ends it by stoppage. Nah, he, he has a good decent dig about him. Riyad Mera, I would say he's probably European level, but he's a cruiserweight as as, as we say. But yeah, it's it's, it's not it's no real step up. I think he's, I think Anderson, you could fucking you could forget about him, like because let's be honest, like it's going to be be years before two years, three, two and a half years probably with rematches before all belts become available again and the boys clear off. Like, and he's, I keep going back to that interview with him when he was with Roy Jones, and it wasn't an even interview, they were just doing a training session, and he's fucking breaking down, crying, and all. Like, you know, obviously, like the fucking, you know, stakes are high and there's emotion and stuff. But was that him? Was that the same heavyweight? Yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, like fighters will go through stages where they're scared or whatever and they'll fucking hide it, they'll mask it, they'll keep it themselves, they'll never tell anybody. But like he's that's like you're fucking in it, you're in the wrong division, like and at the wrong time, I think. You know that way? It's like mm. um never, when it gets really dark, him, if you really seen him properly tested hunt they can That's like, what I'm saying. Through, that's what I feel like. that as well, eh? I feel like he's you know, one of these another American heavyweights that they've fucking you know, they've Died, they were dying fucking to get a good American heavyweight for throughout the whole time. Like before Wilder broke through and won a version of a world title, you had like fucking what was his name again? Slot you know who I'm talking about. Yes, it's of these kind of characters. I feel like it, as soon as it gets hot for Jared Anderson, you're going to see him fucking found out. That's what I feel like. Yeah, one of the boys in the chat was saying they think like they're looking for the belts to split, but that's going to take a while. Look at Hergovic. He's been waiting about three years on that IBF mandatory, so they're going to be waiting a long time. I just think mentally, 
whenever it, it, it comes on top that he's going to be found out. Uh, Torres is the same as well, that Torres guy. I mean, he's absolutely being moved with baby steps, very much like Belanga, just knocking yeah. people out. He, he, he's exciting, Andy, but they oh, haven't put him in against anybody. There must this be a reason what... for that. Well, this is, this is the thing, mate. I really don't know what it is because obviously, you know, Olympic silver medalist, he had fought, he's, he, he has fought better opposition whatsoever in the amateurs than he has in the pros. It's, it's like a waste of time. And I, it's like, I'm just happy to kind of like pile it along, just pick up like ranking them points and then wait till they get their chance. I mean, the, the one thing about Torres is he has got the death wish in that left hand, but everything else needs to be a bit, wee bit refined. Um, He's prone to cuts a little bit in that as well. I mean, he's he's he's, he's a decent enough fighter, but again, it's it's all about levels and that. And I think he has got he's got a chance, but I think it's an outside chance to be fair. Yeah, uh, Matty, talking about side chances, I, I came across this guy earlier. I haven't seen him in action yet, but he's a six foot nine Ukrainian called the Hunter Alexander Zakazhi, eighteen and 0, 14 knockouts. You wouldn't want to bump into him in a dark street, Matty. No, and at that size, you have to consider he'd be pretty useless on the front lines, so he's probably just <laughs> boxing right now. I think he's pretty inactive, but uh, we wish him well with his 62 rounds, banging people out. Well, yeah, I can yeah. tell you this much, Matty, he better not be in the fucking front lines because he's a sniper's dream at that height, six fucking six foot nine. <laughs> fucking hell. And he's, no gonna, he's gonna be no use hiding the fucking trenches either, man. Fucking hell. Well, and it's got to be just like boxing, where they're, you know, it's like, oh, you, you got all that body to go to. Just go for the body. You know, what, what's with the headshots? You just go to Imagine the body. trying to get an, an, an Abraham tank, by the way. Fucking hell. He's just like, through the fucking turret. Top off of it, just be fucking driving around there looking like a Lego character. We wish him well. We wish him well. We wish these boys well. Maybe not. They should have been fighting last night, but they weren't. They brought the whole sport into disrepute. Apparently, Bastards Andy... are killing the pod numbers. We would have had a post fight pod last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Good time and everything for us, fuck's sake. Destroying us. Absolutely destroying us. Uh, Andy, apparently VAR is under consideration for the Fury versus Usyk fight that we're saying. Yeah. I think this is a fan... Well, this is a fancy... Uh, caption isn't it? It's a, a WBC president Mushio Suleiman has said that boxing oh. must implement video replay technology. With Talk Sports Spencer Oliver going on to suggest we could see the technology ringside very soon. Looks like a bit of a bullshit story to me. Trust. They've been using replays, haven't they? And ringside, Jay Nady does that now. Watches the replays, doesn't he? In Las Vegas and also calling it VAR and everything, just the way jazzing it up and saying that we should Fucking be man. watching replays. Trust that fucking pot liquor, Mauricio Solomon, to come out with some pish like this, man. I mean, we've apparently got devices that can actually scan on someone's head that you can see if they've got a brain bleed. Yet we kind of get, get them in the fucking corner for, for, for fighters to use them, but we can somehow bring in VAR. I mean, how's it going to work? Are you going to have a fucking stop a fight in the middle of like, say, like the first round for like a stray elbow, for example? Lines like on the elbow over the those oh, drawn exactly lines. Exactly. <laughs> was it was it was it below the navel, for example? You know <laughs> that type of thing. Uh, how, Crayon how the, marks on U six navel to see if it was low. Even operate that. <laughs> can, can you imagine like see some sort of var official in the in the referee's ear? Stop the fight. We need to go to review here. By the way. And everybody's standing in the ring for like two or three minutes to figure out if there is a fucking foul. Then they need to say, right, referee, go look at the fucking uh, the, the video screen. He's going to go outside the ring, go to go and check it, get back in the ring, and then he's going to make his decision after that. What a fucking joke. That pot liquor, man. Honest to God. Is there VAR in Scottish League, Andy? Did the yeah. Rangers sell to Yeah, as James Tavernier. Is the fucking VAR in Scottish League? That was a genuine question. 58 penalties. Oh, 
No, it's uh, honestly my fucking my view on on VAR and all of this. They should fucking bomb it out and bombing it, leaving out a fucking don't oh, overcomplicate it. The amount of fucking how many photo incidents are required in boxing where there's like controversy over something like that? The ref didn't yeah. see. He's standing in a fucking ring beside the two of them. It's not like a fucking in a football match where there's twenty two players and the ref might be something. He's fucking standing uh, right there. Like, running, running, running at a length of hundred twenty yard fucking field for fucking ninety minutes. You know what I'm if saying? If that's the case, all I have to do is. In a 20 by 20 exactly. fucking ring. Exactly. Short <clears throat> And if that's the case, I'll just give him an earpiece and say, he hit him in the balls that time, Jay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we could see yeah. that was a clear hitting the balls. You don't have to fucking stop the fighter. What happened if you got hit in the balls and you were selling the fucking disqualification and then they came in and were like, no, up you get paddled, up you get fight on. <laughs> the other fella's gone cold. It's fucking 20, 20 to 15 minute fucking delay and all that. Like, how would that work? It's just crazy, like crazy fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway, there's enough fucking stupid shit going on. It's probably going to happen. So, yeah. What do you think, Matty? Video replays? Do they do that in the old American sports? I think it's it, it's a really tough conversation because I, I, I think that you can use it in certain situations, but you don't want to lean on it too much. As much as it sucks, I think human error is part of boxing. Um, they've done studies with baseball with removing the umpires and just using you know technology to be able to call balls and strikes and such um call runners safe etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know it works to whatever degree it's clean but at what point in time is everything being called down the middle like that does it remove kind of the nuance of the game I, I it does know. and that's what happened in the football is that they're after yeah. actually looking at other ways to penalize always like so they're always there's always an encroachment scene no matter how you know what i mean it's like fucking yeah. and then it, it redefines what the fucking normal understanding of a foul is like or an offside or a fucking and then if that crept into boxing man it just be do you imagine two fellas waiting around like after fucking getting warmed up coming to the ring wait do the ring walks and then there's an interruption in the middle of the fight that's not the fan man like it's like you got to stand around for 10 minutes <laughs> One of them, it's just fucking it's insane. Never would work. I, I agree with you, Rob, because even though you te- it's te- you, you hear people going, oh, it's technically correct. They're technically came to the right decision, but it's against the spirit of sport, I think, some that's, of these football That's exactly, you put it better Someone's than me. Someone's like, cocky's like, offside and all, you know. Yeah, like, you, you put it better than me. It's against the spirit of the sport. And, like, I remember people saying years ago, like, if you get fucking goal line technology, that's good enough. Like, VAR and video instant replays and all that, like, it leaving itself out, like referees are generally trying to fucking do the right thing. I don't think there's any like forget about Scottish football because everyone thinks the fucking referees are against the other team, like whatever. But <laughs> the fucking referees are generally trying to get it right, like, and it takes away the fucking the, the discussions on a Monday morning. Oh, what if that had been a goal? What if this? Had, now it's just like fifteen minute delays. The matches are going on for fucking ten minutes. It's just shit. Like ten minutes past the fucking ninety and all. It's horrible. Just for reference, by the way, both penalty kicks at Rangers go today were in fact penalties. <laughs> but we're not going to get him over and they had to go and bat together so that tells you the fucking referee shot his pants and he needed the linesman for help for the first penalty as well you let your opponent recover while they check a replay so then yeah. exactly man you're like yeah. fuck like yeah okay right like so it'd only be useful for clash of head shit really wouldn't it and why yes. couldn't they just mic up the guy and just have a guy like an assistant referee or whatever yeah, yeah absolutely assistant right. to the referee Final talking point we have here is Canelo. What's he going to do next? Apparently, there's going to be an announcement. You know, we have these announcements of an announcement of an announcement. Mm-hmm. Now, which are, the announcement was supposed to take place last week, Rob. It didn't. His next move is absolutely up in the air. People are saying it's going to be Benavides. We thought it was going to be Charlo. He's on the beach saying it's not going to be him. What's going on with Canelo, man? Guess, well, I guess who they're saying it's going to be now. Ooh, Charlo, Spence Jr. 
Oh, yes, what? yes, I did. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. So Crawford's been doing his best to try to make this fight. You know, Spence is fucking out of the fuck. That Spence rematch never going to happen. Crawford's been calling for it. He's saying he's going up from forty-seven, from forty-seven to to sixty-eight. Canelo's been downplaying a little bit, saying Crawford's too little, and if I beat him, there's nothing in it for me. But it's not going to be Charlo. The other Charlo, he's not fucking. He's not ready. Doubt it's going to be Benavidez. Like, and now they're talking about Spence. <laughs> so. I don't know. Maybe Spence wants that fucking cash out of retirement money now, like you know that way. But I don't think like anyone would buy that. You know what I mean? No, no way. It's working out the way the way we felt the way the Benavides fight. If it happens, we'll be last on that deal. Mm. Well, if we might be his last fight, I'd say. Well, to tell you what, boys, people are saying this, and at first I thought I was the usual bollocks, but other people have been saying that he could leave the PBC due to a contract breach and then go and fight Mungir on the zone. So the announcement could be that he's fucking off Al Heyman, which I think would be, I don't believe that myself, but it's getting that way that you wouldn't even know what's going on with the PBC. He's just done a deal as well to make sure that his, the rest of his fights are free on Terrestrial Television in Mexico. Oh. Which probably being driven by the market as well. I don't think that's like fucking extra benevolent. It's a good yes, touch. Yes, no, I'm going to say it's not an altruistic move, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But fucking still, it's, it's, it's pretty good. One, one thing I didn't know, there's a bit of beef between Juan Manuel Marquez and Canelo. Oh, apparently Can- uh, Marquez is a massive detractor of Canelo. Like, and always has some shit to say about him. And Canelo was talking about it, saying like, you know, we're Mexicans. I love all the Mexican fighters. I don't like. I grew up watching Marquez. I don't know what his problem is with me, but I'd like to know. I'd like to know what that's about. That's a bit of a strange one. Didn't know that about that myself, uh, Matty. What Maybe do you think? Problem cherry picker for not fighting Benitez or something like that. Yeah, well, exactly. They are very hard on each other. Uh, Matty, what do you think about this Canelo? We were talking his next move. Some people, I don't. It's not going to be Benavidez. I know WBC put up another roadblock. I thought it would be Charlo. Now people are saying it might be Mungia. The PBC deal could be sort of on the brink. Matty, we don't know what's going on. What do you think? I think. Long story short that Al Heyman has bled boxing funding dry. I think the idea of the PVC in the short term was brilliant, and a lot of people made money off of it, but I don't think all of those people's intentions were to build a global brand of boxing. I think their goal was to take as much money from it as possible. I think people like Terrence Crawford, pointed it out when he was fighting Errol Spence. There's a lot of waste. And Al Heyman is a shrewd businessman. He got a shit ton of money from a shit ton of people. And uh, to be fair, his fighters have made a lot of money. They they love him to death. But it has absolutely stripped us of seeing numerous fights, fighters staying active. And I wouldn't be shocked if someone like Canelo, uh, you know, ends up having to jump ship because because they can't provide the dates. That Amazon deal is obviously flawed. Somebody got fucking fired over it. And until somebody steps in and says to these people, hey, uh, we we can't pay this much money and we're not going to pay this much money. Uh, This kind of crazy shit's going to go on. But I, I think... And I, you know, people might say talk about these folks too much, but I think the shining light that I see in boxing right now is pro box. I worry that this boxing scene thing might be a stretch too far. Um, I, I have no opinion on the boxing voice or anything of that nature, Fun. but I think that they have proved. Well, look at these. Like, I think we I'm saw, uh, I think we saw some decent 
cards this weekend. Nest of the fucking grass. But yeah. but if you look at the amount of money that those cards probably took to put on, what gave you the best bang for your buck if you're a boxing business person? That Pro Box card, 100%. Mm. I wouldn't say that they're doing putting together better cards for pennies on the dollar, but I think they're doing it for dimes on the dollar. Um, and I am continue to be impressed with their weekly matchmaking and the things that they do. I think it wasn't shrewd putting their card up against two other ones on Friday night, but there is definitely a, a change coming about. And this, you know, if Keith Thurman loses this fight against uh, Tim Zhu, I, I think that's the end of Keith Thurman. And I think he's going to make one more incredible payday and he won't have another reason to fight. But I think Keith Thurman in his era of fighters are the end of what we saw for a period of boxing when it came to per, the level of purses, the amount of times that fighters were fighting each year. Uh, something has to change. And uh, I, I think the first thing that's going to be uh, on the chopping block is going to have to be fighter purses. There's definitely a market for boxing, but nobody wants to pay well, we, that much. We talked about pro box earlier. Sorry, Bob, just quickly. And they're buying up boxing scene and all, but they are effectively like a promoter. They're a put on of shows, aren't they? It's like Oscar buying up the ring. It is, it's, you know, it's, they, they hey. put it on their own shows, and their own channel. Basically. Mm. Well, I Bob, think, are you going to defend what... BLK Prime, Rob? The future. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Desmond Bungus, um, <laughs> I've uh, look. I've got like mixed feelings on it because I think Al Haber was brilliant for the fighters, and the concept that like you know when you look at the 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 purses or the the wages that they get in other sports, uh, basketball, fucking NFL, soccer, like they all generate so much money and they get paid for being in the less dangerous sport. So I'm all for fighters making as much money as they can, but it can't be at the detriment of the matchmaking for the fans because the wages in those other sports are driven by the market. Like, you know what I mean? Because the, the, the revenue that they generate, the franchises that these teams are, they're able to afford to pay the athletes these top wages. Like, but boxing's not really like that. Like, they're not affiliated to a team. They're individuals fighting for titles. And I think that Heyman was brilliant for getting these guys million-dollar purses. And in theory, it was all great if he'd have had that kind of... UFC type control that he was looking to build over on PBC. But what happened is when he was giving the fighters million dollar paychecks, they're like, I'm not fighting fucking again this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and Keith Harmon is the prime example of that. I would I would class Keith Harmon as having a wasted career because he had too much braid by the time it came for him to be the, the time came for him to kind of put it put the fucking marker down to be the number one guy in the welterweight division. Spence came and took his spot and he was content fucking taking 18 month layoffs in between fights like it's just get so much money like you know what I mean the fellas had to fight another, and wouldn't, be, wouldn't be doing this like the other, the other thing as well is Heyman's burnt bridges right across the board right and you say taking all that money I don't know Prime will kind of rein him in a wee bit but he, he can't be expecting to go with this new deal and expect to fucking do what he did with the last few deals and expect to like say, Danny Garcia recycle him Keith Furman which he's getting he's getting recycled again obviously in that but after he takes his beating off Tim Zhu, which he probably will, he can't use him again, but he fucking will. He'll bring him in for someone else, when he's up and comers, maybe even keep him for, for Raleigh at some point when he comes up and wait, maybe, who's uh, who's been who seems been blessed by, by Davis, by which we'll get to in Belly of the Week. But um, i just like to see him kind of mix up. He, he needs to work with other promoters, obviously, in that as well, but he can't be expecting to kind of do the status quo and just fucking... 
recycle the fighters again. Spence is finished. I find it strange what they did. Half retired. Well, I I found it so strange what they did with Spence. Like they kind of gave him, and I felt like an easy road to picking up the on the. Uh, all the titles only for Crawford to come and take them all like and beat the shit out of him in the end you know I know it was a big fight and they marinated it and all that but it was just and I know Spence had trouble out of the ring and everything but it just felt like the way they navigated that it could have been like he could have he could have Dana White that PBC at one stage he had every welterweight. away they're all getting paid astronomical wages just fucking make them fight each other in a tournament kind of thing and make it exciting but it just didn't seem that way it was like Heyman Heyman's a former concert promoter as well like and a musician yeah. so his mentality is get as much money as you can for your client and I'll make as much money as I can I don't think necessarily fucking looking at the at the, at the greater outcome for the sport you know that way but didn't well, know. I just think it yeah. falling apart now anyway isn't it no so, I was just going to say Matty what Rob's touched upon there was what, the direction I was going to go actually is Al's background I mean it's so strange he's come from the concert bit um music business in the past he definitely knows how to make money he's not a stupid guy he came into boxing supposedly to clean it up look after fighters get them paid properly because of the treatment of his brother bobby Heyman. but no it looks like he's he's maybe his modus operandi altogether matty from the start was to destroy the port the sport that destroyed his brother so i i'm kind of a little bit torn on on this because i i, I kind of see it coming from the same place but it's kind of how you look at it through the prism, I guess. And like you said, like I think Heyman has a real problem with boxing. And I think that he has a real problem with the way that boxing took advantage of black fighters. And I think there is a little bit of a level of vengeance about Al Heyman and what he's trying to do. Unfortunately, you, you you ultimately just, you know, if you go scorched earth, you eventually burn your own home. And I, I think that as boxing is in this struggling moment, you've seen Oscar going around and working with other promoters and, and all these friendly things and tweets and shit like that. But do you think that's the way that he is talking to them behind closed doors, Steve? Or do you think what Oscar is saying to these other promoters behind closed doors is... If we let this keep going, none of us is going to be able to make money off of this sport. And the only way that we can put an end to PBC and what they've done to boxing is to do business together and make the fights people want to see and take business from the PBC. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is probably happening with Mm -hmm. Oscar as he's talking with these other promoters. And if they're smart... They're listening to him because it is one of those situations where they have to gang up and create more market power. Here's one for you then, right? Um, seeing as that we're talking about how the markets are fucking driving everything, it sounds like fucking, what's it called? Uh, what's his name? What's, <laughs> Gary Kramer? Vaynerchuk or something. No, Gary Vaynerchuk. Fucking <laughs> the market is driving all this. Fuck off, man. Um, who's going to be the face of the sport? Because Canelo's on one foot out the door, like isn't he? He's old as fuck now. Fury and all them and AJ are at the same. They're at the, in the twilights of their careers or whatever. They're not going to be around for much longer. Tank is a big draw, but he's thirty something now. Like 
who's going to be next out of the current crop? Like that, you could see yeah. crossing over to become put ass in the seats. He's got to be close. He's got to be up there, isn't he? Yeah, he's twenty. Uh, he's twenty nine, I think. Any Davis? I think twenty eight. Yeah, I was thinking he couldn't be thirty. Uh, uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, the body of a forty year old. Well, he's twenty nine. He's he's gonna turn okay. thirty this year, Rob. He's turning thirty. Right. right. Okay. Well, I'm right then. Okay. So he's. he's, he's, he's <laughs> um, Campbell Hatton, Rob. So you just want to do anything to make yourself not feel so much older than these people. <laughs> like I'm not an old man if Javante Davis is in his. <laughs> no, but I just say like the, you know I've been on the pod say six years of that like and in in my time it's been kind of the era of fury and aj as the big paper for star pay-per-view stars and floyd had his last kind of fight just before i came on and you know we've had kind of fucking canelo then for the lower weights but bud's had his moment but it's come at the end he's 35 like he's not he's had he has one or two more fights so who's going to put asses in seats <laughs> there's not that many on the on the kind of periphery underneath that like that's you can see oh i I, I i disagree all right, come on, give me, give me, give me five give names that can one, be this. I'm, let me, I'll give you one name right off the top of my head. All right, let's go. Because no you got to remember, I will, I'll harp on this. Boxing is driven in the United States by the Hispanic audience, and they fucking love David Benavidez. Yeah, true, true, right? Okay, but is has he got the same kind of star power as Canelo? Does he have, no? But 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 that was Canelo was kind of a freak. But Canelo right? uh, Canelo was obvious Mayweather when he was twenty one. You know, but he was already on HBO before he had the fucking before that fight was on Showtime. I think as a crossover, or might have been on. No, it was no, on no, Showtime. I'm sure. I, I saw him before he was twenty get rocked by Abner Cotto. I yeah, that was the first time vividly. I saw him too. But after that fight, he was the fucking mainstay. He was on every Mayweather undercard. He was on. Then eventually, he was fucking HBO's man. They moved him very quickly. Remember, like between um, the 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 knockout, who was he knocked him fucking bandy? What was his name again? He used to get trained by Am Wolf, James okay. Kirkland, James Kirkland, and then Austin Trout and those kind of fights. Like he was in big fights before he even fought Mayweather. Like I know he was young when he fought him, and it obviously helped him. But he was it was obvious. What I'm trying to say, it was obvious early on that Canelo was a big draw. Like who's really there putting asses in seats now? Like driving tickets, say it was going to fucking compete with the the youtubers and that like it's there's not many like connor well and you have to think <laughs> it, it's it's all a matter of if stars can be built by good fights being made and 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 we can't ourselves get wrapped up in the idea of a loss ending somebody's career and their marketability and yeah. i think that's a that's a problem everybody makes the reason i would say somebody like benavidez isn't just because of what he's already shown it's because of the fights that i see as possible for him and what they would do to move him to a greater audience i think him against morel would be a banging fight him against Munguia, him against canelo would be explosive and would be a handing of the torch potentially uh, so that's a big one throw diego pacheco in that mix he's a bit of a dark horse at 168 who has shown himself to be uh, quite talented and you know what if Benavidez uh, is able to and uh, better via or in Bivol stick around another year and a half or two years, respectively, 
He could end up fighting the winner of that fight. You never know. That would be a huge fight. And he's a big dude. He he can absolutely go up to that to that weight. Now, you also have to look at building stars. And I think the other place you look for that happening right now is at 135 and 140. You already mentioned Tank Davis. As much as we dismiss Devin Haney, he's getting paydays. He's getting decent numbers. And he has the dance partners around his weight to potentially, potentially, uh, potentially do it. Um, but then you have guys like William Zapata who are on the come up and they have the style again for those Mexican fans. Um, I mean, that division is just plainly stacked. I mean, you could just go through the 135 rankings and just pick names and, and you come up with great fights. But but within that 168 to 175 and 131 or 135, 140, I think you have plenty of places to build stars if these guys are willing to get together and make the fights. And that's the big question is if they're willing to get together and make the fights. Um, I mean, look at 135 with top rank. You have, uh, uh, God, I'm gonna, now I'm going to not remember all the names. I mean, Keyshawn Davis is obviously a, a skilled fighter. Then you have, uh, God, like, I'm trying to, fuck, these names are going to miss me. Um, anyways, there, there's a couple of more fighters. I mean, the obvious one was Ryan Garcia, better. but Ryan Garcia is fucking showing what he is. Like, you know that way? If Ryan Garcia had been able to walk the walk, he could fucking mm. he could have been the one to take it out he of here. That was other people's B side, isn't he? Goes here. Yeah, exactly. One of the I'll tell you, and one of the best things that could happen for boxing, as far as wide audience, would be uh, the would be for Garcia to upset the apple cart and just somehow land a hook on Haney. It would be one of the best things for boxing. Um, yeah. Yeah, Yimmy Yappy mentions Carmel Montan, but yeah. two and oh, I mean, and I, I mean, I've seen him. I mean, he does look sharp, but he just don't know, dear. Seven Jaleel Major Hackett looks the business as well, but you just don't know at this at this age. Yeah, it, it's um, there's. Trust me, though, when I say like, there's plenty of fights to be made if if they're willing to make them. I I ever I never refuse to say that that boxing is dead, but I I think certain entities might be on their way out, and I think that Al Heyman is just bled people dry and i wouldn't be shocked to see pbc pack it in by the end of next year can we blame al Heyman as well yeah well let, we let's let's blame Al. and he, it's a shame because <laughs> he did put on great cards but he did, why, he did. why were they able to put on great cards yeah. though they had plenty of fucking time to think about it <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you the that, 154 right? division he bought it together and it all worked itself out lovely really but yeah a, well, a lot yeah. of misses too you look at that period, like you're about how that 154 pound division came together with this, that, and the other. But so you're talking, obviously both Charlos were there at one point in time before one of them moved up. You had Tony Harrison who was looking sharp at the time. J rock was, was looking good um, there as well. Austin trout was always fucking around and, and willing to give somebody a fight. And I mean, throw some more names in there. One of that, what that period of 154, there was some really fun fights Love in there. That. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, uh, what, what you made, uh, Julian Jackson, when he was fighting there, he looked good until Andy Williams, Lee Williams. decapitated Williams, yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Julian. Oh yeah. Well, no, Julian, no, no, I'm thinking of the, um, the, oh, Justin, this, John the, Jackson. Yeah. John Jackson's. Yeah. yeah. His son. Yeah, yeah. 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 The one, yeah. The one, yeah. That was a great fight with him and Lee before Lee ended him with that fucking. Oh. Hook he gave was, Charlo a good oh, fight oh, as well. Didn't he Jackson? He gave Charlo yeah, a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was one of the that was one of the fights. Like I don't I generally don't get to emotionally invested in fighters or whatever. Like, but obviously, different. That was one. It was like one of the fucking World Cups in the gap here. Like when he landed that shot, because you're just there with your head and your hands going, "Oh fuck, this is over." Oh Jesus Christ, this is over. This is over. And then boom, you're like, "You motherfucker!" Unbelievable. <laughs> Right, good discussion there. The future of boxing. We will wait and see if the sport survives. It always manages to do so. Uh, we'll and get I, and I'm that old. I remember fucking uh, his dad knocking out Eric Graham. Yeah, <laughs> fucking that old. I remember that in the fucking in real time. Jesus, we're getting there. Right, fall uh, on his own leg. Glad I came uh, up with that there just now for myself. Yeah, well done. That's that's good. Good work. Episode five sixty from Malcolm Kelly. There, coining new phrases. There's another one thirty five. I could not think of his name. Oh, Moratoya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he's, Guys, nobody's he's, talking about the real future of the sport. Ben Whitaker. Oh yeah, and Whitaker. What a fun! Fi- I'll tell you what. I, he will inevitably get shinned, but at what level? You know, this like, is it, and it's it's going to be good stuff. Like it's not going to be good stuff, but it's going to be pantomime villain classic stuff until it happens, yeah. isn't it? Like, I mean, so he's going to make a lot of money, I think. Naz got away with that bullshit all the way until Marco Antonio. Yeah, a long time, really. I beat good fighters too. Level Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely, he did, and that's why I'm saying. I mean, he got all the way up to fucking Barrera before it bit his ass, and he didn't lose that fight hugely wide on the cards, if I recall. Like, ah, he got a solid beating. He did. He was never in the fight. Never in that fight at all. Wasn't right. there a really well 115 113 in that fight? Was it? Might Maybe. Be. I don't think it was a representation of what we saw, though, was it? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, there are those moments. Uh, I mean, you know, Chavez Whitaker, etc. I'm gonna go look at <laughs> that, though. Let's see. Uh, 115 112 t- t- times two and a 116 111. There you go. Two yeah. rounds off from having that as a W, and he would have kept going. Yeah. IBO title on the line. It was 116, 111, 117, 110 region, really, wasn't it, really, in reality? Yeah, his jaw was hanging in the air all night, but I couldn't miss it. Like, yeah. He was so fucking sharp that night. It was unbelievable. Great. But a great fighter, Naz. Like, a great, great fighter and a great entertainer. But again, once in a fucking generation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he got the idea of, of what it was to be an entertainer, and, and he consistently performed in the ring. And Floyd didn't quite have that level of showmanship, but I don't know that in my lifetime that anybody in combat sports has played the role of the villain better than Floyd Mayweather and made more money off of it, obviously. He was fucking brilliant. Yeah, love a bit of Floyd. Uh, talking a chin up in the air, the older listeners might remember Lee Haskins from back in the day, Bristol fighter. Well, we're getting old because his son is now fighting. Anton Haskins, there he is. I don't think he's going to be able to deny him, is he? <laughs> I'm going to say he's a spitter, isn't he? <laughs> you want to see his opponent, Rob? He's fighting against India's finest, Lovepreet. <laughs> 5 and 0. 14 <laughs> wins and two knockouts behind uh, between them. <laughs> Do you think this one's going the distance, boys? No, let's hope so. <coughs> there you go. As long I'm as you don't have to know. watch it, right, Rob? <laughs> I, don't, I think that's safe <laughs> enough. <laughs> Good luck to the boys there. Uh, Matty, you were making me aware off-air about a Dimitri Salita card on Tuesday night. Could Tuesday night boxing be the future? 
Uh, uh, potentially, and I, I obviously closed that uh, tab because that would have been too uh, intelligent of me to leave it open there. Argyle Holmes is on his name, isn't go. he the Groats um, fellow? Or, or yeah, and this, this, is, this is all a, uh, I, I believe it's a, a collection of prospects from uh, the Detroit area, as Salida's kind of set up shop there. He's been having a fair amount of shows there. So, um, yeah, he's kicking off. I, he's got a deal with the zone to do um, X number of these shows. I don't know. Um, if they're all just going to be prospect level shows or if there's going to be uh, maybe some higher level fights on there. But for your midweek this week, you'll have a chance if you want to uh, uh, Tuesday evening stateside to catch this zone card with some Dimitri Salida fighters um, and uh, Wednesday morning for you folks in the UK. Yeah, Ali Ismailov is on that card as well. He last beat <clears throat> Charles Foster. So he's a decent fighter, Ismailov. So yeah, hopefully Salita. We'll get some good uh, fights yeah, on the go there. Yeah, William Foster's brother. Yeah, he is yep. indeed. Yep. Charles yep. Foster, yeah. Yep. Uh, Connor Butler's fighting next Saturday evening against Jay Harris. Harris has been around the block. British Commonwealth and European title fights are on the line. Uh, titles are on the line there, sorry. Against Butler, a bit of an Aussie show there. Uh, what else have we got coming up? Uh, Japan, Andy. We'll go over to Japan uh, and talk to you about uh, Junto Nakatani, the former uh, super flyweight world champion who iced Maloney. Defended against Cortez, he's moving up to fight for the WBC bantamweight title. I want to say Alexandro Santiago, off the top of my head, beat Donaire in uh, to win the title. You got Kosi Tanaka, he who can't get out the way of a left hook, he's fighting Christian okay. Rondell. and Taka- Takama, oh sorry, Takuma Inoue is going in against Jeremy Ancoyas. Remember him? It's a good show actually, Andy, next Saturday in Japan. Yeah, it looks okay, mate. To be fair, um, yeah, you're right about Tanaka. Um, could be the night that he just, he just one step too far possibly he's just taken a lot of punishment over his career you just don't know when it might catch up with him um what else we got there yeah nakatana yeah i like him he obviously moved up weight but he's a he's a big you know big strong guy so it'll be interesting to see how he is up at up at bantam weight i remember you, santiago you feel was, like he's trying to move up the weights kind of chasing in a way before it's too late I don't know what happened there actually because it's like he he moved from was it you know come from fly to super fly and he was there for like one fight I think it was. And then I think it was again. two. I think he had that nice knockout victory, <clears throat> that knockout of the year, and then he had one more. I think didn't didn't he beat R. G. Cortez? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Also at one fifteen. If um if it's if it's if it's correct, he's he's meant to be like five feet seven, five feet eight. So that's game massive for a flyweight to be fair so maybe it is just a, a period of actual growth really and that's him now just kind of filling out into the bantamweight division now so um and Cajas as well on that undercard I think he's um, seen better days obviously I mean he had that title for god knows how many years and one of those reigns really just did not stack up really to be fair um anyway I would probably think really wins on points um so I it'll be interesting it'll probably be what a midday thing for us, maybe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we might tune in depending on what's happening at the weekend. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it looks good. I'll I'll go with Nakatani. A probably late stoppage or decision. I'll go anyway decision and I'll plug for Tanaka by. See, I, I I don't think I've seen the Mexican. I don't think it seems a bit a bit a light puncher. Um. I'll go with Tanaka on points. 
Okie dokie. A final one to you, Rob, very quickly. Uh, things in boxing move fast, don't they? Jerwin Ancoyas was the bright young thing at one point. You might remember in 2017, I was ringside in Belfast when he stopped Jamie Conlon. And three fights later, he defended his title against Alessandro Santiago, who is now the A-side after beating Donair and fighting Nakatane on the main event. And Ancoyas has been brought in as a, an opponent on his undercard. Things do move fast, indeed. They do. And... Um... I don't, because <laughs> I'm still catching up to some of these fucking results. Like, I remember that fucking fight. No, Do you remember, remember Conlon and Coyas? I, of course, yeah, yeah. Conlon, in fairness to Jamie Conlon, he was really in a bad fight. Not often coming out on the fucking... The Irish Gatti, man, he was class. Uh, when he went up the levels, obviously, he got found out a little bit and exposed, but fuck me, he'd hang in there, like... Um, I think probably the bit of that that's in him affects Mick as well because Mick is the, the boxer style but earlier yeah. in his career he probably fucking takes a lot more punishment than he needs to. Anyway, we're going down a, um, a rabbit hole there. Um, yeah, no, that's a good... That's When did you say this one's on Tuesday? or No, it's no, next Thursday. Saturday actually, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, they I'll usually like a Wednesday show, don't they? The Japanese, but not yeah. this time. Great bunch of lads. Um, but yeah, no, I've... And, I like what's coming what's coming out of there as well. Maybe we we'll get a couple of stars out of there if 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 fucking Inoue is anything to go by, whatever the the next generation is. You got to keep an eye on that, like because Inoue is the fucking biz. He's actually one that I don't know when he captured the fucking wider public's imagination, but he certainly has all the tools to do it. Look, yeah, uh, right. What else have we got here? Let's have a look over in Florida. The big one for next weekend on the zone. Eddie Hearn promoting in the Caribe Royale. In Orlando, Matty on the undercard. Let's have a quick look. Yankil uh, Rivera, he's a good fighter. Seen him before he's fighting. Andy Cruz is looking to go three and zero for the IBF International Lightweight Title. Not hanging around against Brian Zamaripa. I'm sure I've seen him before. Antonio Vargas, seventeen and one against Jonathan Rodriguez, seventeen and one. And Pablo Cesar Cano is being bought out of retirement of his deathbed against Shakram Giasov. Anything on an undercard, Matty? That takes your fancy. Yeah, I, I fancy. Oh, sorry, man. I was just going to say, you're looking at the odds for that fight. Guys off against Cano. Cano's paying seven to one. You, you gonna, you fancy? No, that? no, no. His, he. I know he's had a few wins, but pretty soft competition, Andy. I, I don't think he's like on any sort of comeback trail. He's, I mean, he's, he's got the dig though. Guy, he's got the dig. Yeah. What is this? At, what weight is this at though? A welter, I think. Yeah, but man, he he did most of his damage at 140, really. If you think about it, he did yeah, have that close fight over Polly, but I mm-hmm. don't, eh, I don't know. I, I think it could be a good fight while it lasts. I mean, Kano obviously isn't going to just cover up or anything like that. Um, so uh, Vargas against Rodriguez is interesting. Uh, pretty close with the books. Rodriguez slight underdog, paying a little bit better than even money. Obviously, I'm interested in seeing Andy Cruz too. Um, I, I think he's uh, obviously, uh, considering his amateur background and what we've seen already, he's one of the best prospects at 135. Again, back to that stacked ass division um, that, that you can possibly imagine. Um, so I, I, this is a, it's a decent undercard. I, and I'll be curious to see if Andy's seeing something with Kano that I'm not. I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't particularly see it. Andy might well be. Uh, I think Giasov's gonna. Do a number on him, maybe, Andy? I know Kano's a bit of a puncher, but, they, well, he's yeah. been bought in to lose, isn't he, against yeah. Giasov? I'm trying to think of some of the guys he's fought in the past. Perez, Emmanuel Taylor, Whistling Campos. 
Calderon he's in his last fight. He stopped Linares and around. Yeah, but he's another one who's no, he's no step Lash Linares, though, that was 140. Very mm. lush, Linares. Yeah. But guys obviously step up in class fighting anybody else either, to be fair. So, just don't know. Maybe takes his eye off the ball a wee bit and Carol can maybe slip a shot in there. You just don't know. But, yeah, I'll probably, to, to be fair. He'd piece up Carol, would he? Ah, he probably will, but I, I think he'll do it on points, possibly. Um... I know he's been knocked out before, Cano, but I, I don't rate guys off as a puncher unless it's like accumulation and it's a mercy stoppage type of thing and he's taking too much shots. But, <coughs> excuse me, I think uh, guys off probably on points. Got yourself on points. Uh, Rob, what about the main event itself there, Belanga against Podrick McCory? I know we were briefly talking about this in the chat with Dave Lee before. I know Podrick myself personally, known him for years, watched his career from the very beginning, and I like him, but I just think his style might be tailor-made for Belanga. I don't I don't rate Belanga in the slightest, but I just think that right hand coming over the top, Podrick's a bit straight up, caught cold first two or three rounds. I think it's going to be, it might be a, I say a long night for him, it might be a short night if he's not careful. Yeah. He probably acquit himself well in Spencer, but I think you're right in what you're saying. I think he's just a level off where Berlanga is, like, and that probably comes out in the wash midway through the fight. I'd say Berlanga start breaking him down. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying about Berlanga as well, like, kind of touted for bigger things. I think there's probably stuff going on outside the ring with him or an attitude problem or something. He's not mm. as for for the reason being, he's not as where he should be. You know that way, like, because yeah. he was fucking. He kind of has a fucking shit. Uh, killer's attitude as well, bad attitude, like a bit nasty in there as well. Like so, he kind of has everything going from. But like you said, he hasn't said it a light, and I know what you're saying. Like he's not. You don't think he's fucking box office by any means. But I'd say yeah, he's probably a couple of levels above McCrory. Like we'll see. Um, we'll see. That's that's Saturday night as well. Yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, twelve rounds. So you're going to be? Are you going to be in the in the mix for that one, or is that away from home for McCrory? Oh no, to wait over in Florida. All right, okay. I should go get a trip to Florida. It'll be fucking nice. I've like. been to Florida before. She's very nice. Yeah, lovely place. Lovely place. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm going over there as well. No, I'd say I'd say Berlanga stoppage before round six. Yeah, yeah. Um, even not uh, Matty, maybe not the levels. I just think it's the styles, and this one's all wrong. Like I said, Podrick's quite upright. He can punch a bit if he gets on the jab and frustrates Berlanga. I think he might do. He might do okay, but. Quigley managed to frustrate Belanga, won quite a few rounds, but then he tucked up a lot of movement. But it was Belanga's kryptonite, which I go back to the style again. Podrick's a bit more stationary. His back's going to be against the ropes. He's going to be trying to jab with him. I just think stylistically he's all wrong for Belanga, who can punch if nothing else. Well, and didn't Belanga put Quigley down two or three times despite that? I mean, I I would think that this might be a a fight for Belanga to... To look a little bit better than he has recently, um, but if for some reason that's a close fight and it goes to the cards, um, I would expect him to take it because I, I think if they don't get Munguia against Canelo somehow, um, the only obvious fight that they really have to make on that side of the road is Berlanga against Munguia. So I, I think all signs point to trying to protect that O of Berlanga so they can sell that yeah, fight a little I, bit I was wanting to see that too. I think that'd be a fucking... Yeah, I think that'd Mexico, be a... Puerto Rico clash. Classic value fight. Like, not a big fucking draw worldwide, but a, a niche boxing fight like where two of them have a good story to be a good rivalry and they go and fucking meet in the middle of the ring, bang it out. Like, that'd be a, cla- a cracker. So, yeah. yeah. I hope, you know, McCrory does well and everything. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I see, no, I do too. I, I do too. Bro- I want to see Berlanga versus Munguia. That's the fight I want to see for both of them next. Like. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Andy, final word to you. Belanga, he's had a strange career, hasn't he? They built him up on that early knockout thing. He kept knocking people out in the first round. And top rank, top rank, <laughs> a bit of a slip there, top rank, went that route with him uh, to kind of keep him knocking those people out early. Get him to out of here, Daryl. To keep, to keep the gimmick going, Andy. Uh, to the detriment of his progression, I thought. And now, in his last one, two, three, four, five fights, he's gone the distance every time, which shows that the first round knockouts were indeed a gimmick. Yeah, it was, mate. And again, just obviously, I'm just going back through his, his early opponents here and that, and you can see why they're all kind of first-round knockouts. Gets like a guy like uh, Marcelo Caceres, who had, he'd faced, excuse me, <coughs> I think he'd faced, was it Billy Joe? Yep, he had, yeah. Aye, so he'd been in with decent decent opposition, so he you know, obviously knew how to kind of you know, go the distance. But uh, I think he probably will win by knockout as well. But... <coughs> One part of me thinks as well is if McCrory is able to get this in, into deep waters, maybe gets it in a bit, a bit of trench warfare, Berlanga hasn't got the greatest engine, and uh, you just never know. But yeah, I, I think Berlanga probably will win. Um, but I'm the same as you, mate. I, I don't rate him whatsoever, to be fair. Um, the type of opposition that he's fighting at the minute isn't anything better than what he's been fighting for the last four or five fights, like you mentioned. So um, just need to see how it goes, but I says I would like I would like to see it be competitive. I'd like to see to see it going to the later rounds and to see how that Berlinga tank would hold up and if is able to give him any, have any problems with the power he, that he's got as well. So, but see if bet, I'll, I'll say Macro, I'll say Berlinga where I'll go late stoppage. Yeah, I think if anything, Berlinga has a pretty good tank. I mean that that's when he got his his knockdowns against Quigley. It's uh, he he seems to be able to go go the distance pretty well. It's just. He's limited on his boxing ability. Yeah. If you show him a bit of footwork and a bit of movement, I think he struggles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'll just fucking bite you. Okay, okay. Right, that will do. For, uh, is there anything I've missed, Matty? Any fights that's coming up next week that I might not have uh, thrown into the schedule? I know we did go through them beforehand. Yeah, probably, but who cares? Who cares? Let's just get on. <laughs> Let's get on to the Bellew of the Week for episode 560. Uh, Steve's here hosting. That's me. Matty's here. Andy's here as well. Uh, Harvey Price Boxing returns earlier. Uh, requested a special intro for the Bellew of the Week, and I'm happy to deliver. We haven't heard this one in a while. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I tell you, what, I was just going to point out, you've been nominated for uh, for this uh, for become the British Ambassador of Fighting Sports, and we, we might as well take today just to remind everyone we're getting closer. We've yes, been nominated we for a big award this Come year. Come on, son. Where's the graphic? Where's that graphic when I need it? There we go. Who's the Who's the odd man out? Is it me? Or the true Paris Hilton. Or that woman at the top. Looks like a wig stuck on Jade Goody's head. There was it at the end when she was you having the You can't make any jokes about it. No, it's not a joke. I'm just saying, I wonder if that was a wig stuck on at the end. I don't like it. That doesn't suit her. And then the woman who's next to me on my, on my right, the screen's left. I don't even know that who she is. Miranda Cosgrove. She is iCarly of Nickelodeon fame. Well, she may be iCarly. Anyway, the four of us are up for an award, Broadcast News Award, on June 18th. At the um, at the the Hilton Hotel in Central London, tickets are two hundred and seventy-five quid. You buy mine? No, I'm not buying yours. <laughs> so we're going along to that, and and the the Jade show actually, which was the last uh, few weeks of her life. I've got to be honest with you, and, and I'm not joking. I'm not saying it was on Living, a channel mm. I didn't even know existed. It was quite good. I've got to be honest with you. It was because it was suddenly there was no hype. It was just this woman slowly dying in front of the cameras, which I found quite entertaining. And it was, it was very good because she was dead and it was honest, it was truthful. As for that Paris Hilton thing, I swear, Andy, if we lose out, no, I tell you what, if Jade loses out to Paris Hilton and we lose out to Paris Hilton, 
I'll be sick as a parrot. And I, Carly, can come again, man. Jade can't. You know what I'm saying? I've completely lost any track of what you're saying. Yeah, I have as well. I, I, I will add, I, I thought that the Jade program was fantastic, but for completely different reasons. I thought it was, it was, it was very uh, heart-rendering stuff. But, um, it was heart-rendering stuff. Plenty still to come here on the Boxing Hour as we hope to speak to our promoter, Callis Allen. It was heartrending stuff. He was trying to. He was going to go again, wasn't he? Then at the end, <laughs> you know what happened to him? He he made the wig joke at the start, and then he panicked and he kept talking. Do you know that way? Like he just kept fucking going and going and going. And which is not like. And then he goes, yeah. and then he said, uh, "I missed it. This is the first million times that I've seen it." But he said, uh, "It was on a channel called Living." <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and to be fair to him, the fact that he didn't say that either of them looked like a tranny was a step up for Buck. <laughs> I've got that one here somewhere as well, Matthew. That's, That's in the can. <laughs> Look like a couple of brothers. They were just a that went the fucking game. <laughs> it's mad well, to see how that happened in retrospect, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. Here's Honestron. He says, lads, you need to go to at least 1080p instead of 720p. It will improve your top rank for YouTube searches. There you go. So we can't even get 720p in the Super Chats. What are you talking about? Not <laughs> <laughs> 1080p's. Fucking ambitious. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> right. Let's move on to the Bowie of the Weeks as best we can. Uh, Nonshinga celebrating his win in a bizarre fashion, says Atokas4. We've got a bit of stick for this one. I like Joe Kennedy's comment there, Andy. There goes the Saudi paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking when I was watching that, so I think it's so good. You see, see the last time when he got knocked out, they always put his hand in his shoes and rub his balls and try and wake him up like, <laughs> like, they, like they, they street fights in Africa. <laughs> it wouldn't be as bothersome if his hand wasn't around the back of his head, like pulling yeah. him in for it. Yeah, but even worse, he was trying yeah, to slap yeah. the fucking tongue in there at the same time. How do you know he's not? <laughs> I was like, I, I knew I hadn't seen Dr. Joseph in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Once he went up there, now I know. <laughs> Imagine someone fucking clipped that and said to Dr. Joseph, Is that you, pal? <laughs> oh my god, it's probably off. Uh, well, they're going to know. Hey, big job. <laughs> oh dear, he's uh, he stopped responding to me as Dr. Joseph. Uh, Lee McGregor, I see everyone. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't responded to my last two calls out, unfortunately. So I think he's had enough of us. I'm See, not on Twitter that, that much. No. And then they just fucking get too big for us, you know what I mean? Uh, I know, exactly. Uh, for everyone asking, I'm finalising my next few fights with my team as we speak. I'm in the gym every day working. At Isaac Lowe keeps saying he wants the fight. My team are in talks with his team now, so the fight should be done very soon. Back to Scotland for big fights this year also. Isaac wasn't happy with this. He jumped in and said, I want the fight more than you. I want to put you to sleep and retire you. It's doing well there, in all fairness. What kind of know what he means? <laughs> Big call out. Uh, here's an even bigger call what out. Yeah, actually. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> what is it, Andy? So, uh, what weight would that fight be at? McGregor um, and. Uh, I've lost track of them. What is it? 126, would it be? Scrabble with. Featherweight? <laughs> 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 oh dear. Uh, Australia. Australia, Jesus. get ready. 
mental Bosch trailer. Wait, is there uh, what is there to see other than a fat bastard shouting Bosch? Serious question though, Rob. I mean, what, what's going on here? What what do you get if you buy a ticket to the Fishers Down Under? Imagine the CO two emissions for that plane carrying <laughs> that fucking weight. By the way, Jesus fuck. I don't know, man. Fucking Saturday <laughs> comes out. Uh, maybe Paul Hogan, Ebony Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Kevin would be amazing by it. You see if that wee guy for the fucking see the wee child that was in the um, Mad Max with the fucking metal boomerang. <laughs> Hopefully he appears and fucking assassinates the two of them in the fucking thing, man. Fucking I really Bosch don't, I don't. The what the f- But I tell you, if anyone's wondering where Ozzy Smith is, he's out in Warsaw at the moment, but it hasn't stopped him. You know, you wonder why he's not contributing to the pod because he's in my Instagram DM sending me John Fisher videos every fucking day. <laughs> I think he's lost a bit tonight, we thought. <laughs> so uh, good for he's in credit apparently, John. Uh like the Nutters and the the get fit fucking Nutters group that we're not in. Eddie Hearn's fucking guys, they're all going running with fucking Eddie Hearn and Parsons and all doing ten Ks, Frank Smith in the Nutters group. Get a life. Run out of time. I think. When he ran the island. <laughs> see, see the thing is today, Big John's going out there in the middle in the height of summertime. He will fucking melt earlier, by the way. What's I'm just trying to think what are like the traditional Australian like dishes. Fucking after birth, that's just going to be happening. They're fucking melt. They don't, they don't have any traditional dishes because they're a nation of convicts. Six different t-shirts because you need to ring them out all the time with the fucking <laughs> Fucking bash. Kangaroo chow mein for John. We wish him well down in Australia. Imagine you fucking saved up a few quid and you went out to Australia like, and you went to the fucking go Bandai Beach and you looked up like... <laughs> <laughs> There's John in credit. I, I just think it's great that for a brief moment the koala will not be the dumbest animal in Australia. <laughs> They're horny, aren't they, koalas? They just have a lot of problems, Rob, and their brain is disproportionately small for the size of their skull, so they're just kind of dim and always imaginable. They're, like, infested with STDs. They eat a plant that doesn't is. give them the nutrition. You're talking about the fishes or koalas? koalas? No, it's koalas. Apparently, I only found this shit out recently. Not that I've been around any koalas, like the fucking, but the koalas have herpes or something, or chlamydia or something, and they oh, say, yeah. like, if you hold a koala over in Australia, like, don't get too close. These motherfuckers have chlamydia. Like, imagine coming back to the missus. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I swear to nothing. Like I just, just put this koala in my hands. Yeah, chlamydia, baby. I don't know what the fuck happened. That's Can like I... a PED excuse, isn't it? Yeah, I don't yeah, know how it yeah, got exactly. into me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Gabriel's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Oh, have a swallow. <laughs> uh, Rick Laser gets nominated as usual. He said, "Good morning." Maybe that's giving a... credibility to the fucking AIDS theory, though, that it came from a monkey, isn't it? Because before, like, I was like, "Who's fucking a monkey?" Like, but maybe if just koalas just give you a casual chlamydia, maybe. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair, it's a fair point. I think. Casual Rick Laser. needs to be a more. Man, man, I like that. <laughs> uh, Rick Rick says that Canelo has given the PBC an extension on his escrow funding. Let's see if the funding. Account happens. Hold off with your insults so we see the results over the next two weeks, etc. Stephen Espinosa. I love the way Espinosa. Nothing is beneath him. Like he, he's not <laughs> afraid to get onto Twitter. Escrow, guarantors, comical, and then Lou DiBella jumps in. Industry insider, and then puts up a picture of Rick uh, giving a wave with his false teeth falling out. Is that false teeth? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that is that chewed tobacco he's fucking got in there? Oh, I that... dread to think, man. You don't want to zoom in on that, Andy. Oh, fuck that, mate. Jesus. I love the way at the same time, right? 
Rick Glazer is apparently like a nobody or a nomad, and nobody really knows what he does. But he still like gets the full attention of Espinosa and Ludabella. Like they can't, he's getting under their skin so bad, like that they can't fucking. It's like kind of John Fisher for Ozzy in it. Oh dear me! It is kind of cool to have a name where if you went into porn, you could just keep your regular name. So Razor, the Razor. Andy, here's one for you. Marisha Suleiman doesn't let an opportunity go in by. That's it's a Super Bowl fucking me. Looked like you put a lot of time into that. Wasn't a spur of the moment decision. I wonder if they had to pay sanctioning fees. He must. He, he must. He must get high on acid, man, and then come up with these fucking designs, eh? He looks like he gave the fucking young fella a packet of markers and said, "Color that in, will you?" Yeah. <laughs> paid by numbers. Everyone wants a piece of that Taylor Swift money, you know? Yeah. Why not? Well. She could be joining up with David Hay soon. Wrist, wrist, wrist. Playboy star Rob admits cheating on Hugh Hefner during Fling with David Hay. They are nice. <laughs> How's this in the value of the week? This should well, be like, like a Here's a wee fact for you. Forget Ryan Jones. Y'all must have forgot about David Hay. What a man guy. What a fucking fella this guy is. Hey, fucking one of the worst know, fucking like... bluffers as a fighter, but in the fucking out of the ring. Top five dead or alive. You could Easy. probably you could probably nail doing this to when he done it to you actually because uh, David Hay is one of those uh, people who's actually had a fight. He fought in it, didn't he? That's right. In the yeah. mansion itself, yeah. go look at Box Rick. That's right, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He did early a on in his career. He fought in the, yeah, he fought in the Playboy Mansion. So he's in probably then by, as 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 part part of his uh, his. It was uh, his two thousand and three. It was two thousand and three, Andy. It was his one, two, three, four, fifth fight against Van Win. Vance Win. So it was win win for Hay. First round TKO. Jack Reese was the referee in the Playboy Mansion, Beverly Hills. There you are. Apparently, it was over after one round with your woman as well. And he, she was like, What's up? And he was like, Look, I don't get paid for overtime in this business. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was on the card? When you, Jeff when you Lacey. Got him on the ropes, just finished the job, right? <laughs> Jeff Lacey Jeff was Lacey. in the main event against Richard Jeff the Alien Lacey. Grant. Do you remember Richard well, the Alien was... Grant? Who got knocked out by James the... Butler? There you go. We know what happened to fucking Jeff Lacey after Kazagi now finally. He ended up in the Playboy Mansion. It was a fucking happy ending, really. In a lot of ways. I no longer feel bad for him. <laughs> oh, dear. What else have we got here? Uh, caught, uh, here's Danny Glover. He says, caught up with my guy Dean White and seems we could be seeing Dillian White back real soon. Also, had his first world title fight on his show last night with a great result. Team Clegg Boxing capturing the IBO Youth World Flyweight title. Uh, well tied. It's a bit of a stretch that one, isn't it? <laughs> the IBO Youth World Flyweight Title, so <laughs> IBO version of the Youth World Flyweight Title. Oh, it's prestigious enough. What age is the guy? Twenty six. <laughs> I, I wish they'd leave the kids out of this. Shout out to Black Box Global. I put that one on. Oh, here we are, Robbie's one for you. Big <laughs> sexy's back, oh, fighting bare knuckle. What oh, fuck? <laughs> against Kingpin. Jesus. With MMA gloves, sorry. It's not fair enough. Fucking Jesus, Where is this on, in Russia? <laughs> it was on uh, over the weekend. It was on Friday night. Oh, it was on Steve. already? Who won? I don't know. Steve. Sorry. Yes, Andy? Let me see. Sean Turner. Kevin Johnson. Uh, doesn't say. Pravda.com has a report on it. That should be... That should be legitimate enough. Uh, Kevin Johnson turned out to be 15 kilograms lighter than Sean Turner before their fight. He fought nine-time Irish champion. 
They took in a way in. So oh, it's only the way in here. Sorry, it doesn't actually say. Turner promised to knock out Johnson in the main event. Uh, Johnson called himself a Russian and said he would easily defeat his opponent. There you go. <laughs> I'll Google. I'll Tucker, Google Tucker Carlson in fucking what's it called? His corner. <laughs> Kevin Johnson's corner. <laughs> rubbing his shoulders. <laughs> uh, there doesn't seem to be any scores, unfortunately, of this. They they held an open training session though in the Dynamo Volleyball Arena in Moscow. Big sexies over getting the fucking guap. That's what you want. In in the words of a former president, uh, Russia, if you're listening, uh, right, I found Kevin, up. John, Kevin Johnson might be great for battle on the front lines. Consider him. <laughs> Draw says Tosh Andy. Oh no, no, no. no. Apparently, big uh, big sexy got stopped by technical <laughs> knockout. <laughs> no Mer- way. <laughs> says here. It says here. American. Oh, this is the translation. American boxer Kevin Johnson, who received Russian citizenship in January, dedicated his first victory under the Russian flag in Samara. Johnson's opponent, <laughs> Irishman Sean Turner, lost by technical knockout. <laughs> Jesus! Hopefully that translation is right. The, uh, Johnson's opponent, Irishman Sean Turner, lost by technical knockout. Oh well. Oh, maybe have Sa- a rematch. Safety pin pulling at that pin, baby. Mm-hmm. Safety's off the, the the safety's off the Glock at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Over in Russia. There's the boys. <laughs> I'm not sure who produced this, but <laughs> family Jesus. business. Amazing. <laughs> Pedward. Amazing. Barry Asian babes heron. <laughs> and the little spotty <laughs> fat geezer. The little spotty fat T boy should be T boy. Oh dear. Go back to the body. I just keep thinking of the two of them sparring. <laughs> I, you, you imagine Barry Heron, I fucking own you. When you're on tour, I fucking own you. Get <laughs> back in the cover with a cans of Stella, you old cunt. Asian babes. Amazing. Uh, he, likes that, he, for he, likes that soft, he likes that soft ass Asian porn, doesn't he? There's like, there's no, it's just, it's just like pixelated and all. No, no, it's not pixelated, mate. You didn't even get to see any of that. It's just basically like the top half, and I'm fucking munting and grunting and shit, you know. There's wee Barry there with his four inch of fucking. Are you sure he's not into the hentai section of that? Uh, the means I didn't know that I fucking needed it on a Sunday night, but now I have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael Thompson has uh, tagged me in here. What's he saying? Uh, there was a late belly of the week in the Nutters group. I'll go and have a look at that for that in a minute, Michael. Don't worry. They are. Matty, isn't that what you were referring to earlier? There you go. Fucking hell, man. Rob, doesn't you look uh, like James Brown? Collins? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Francis. That's his granny. That? Foster's granny. That's his grandmother, is it? She's loving life, man. Easy, but it's sure ain't fun. She looks like Bishop Magic Don Juan. <laughs> Living in America. She knows oh, she's uh, not. Uh, no, she's not. Uh, si- uh, she's not smiling. She's probably like, "You told me we were going to a taping of Soul Train." <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the family. That's what I say. Yep. Foster's on his laptop there. Right, there's Eddie. Eddie and this- <laughs> 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 Hey, Vato. <laughs> he's a bad man, isn't he? Yes. Look, look, looks like he's in the fucking background of the bathroom scene in training day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, this is the one Michael was referring to earlier. Boxing Ho 1 tweeted out, Breaking news. Campbell Hatton applies for an American passport 
as it is rumoured that he will be the one facing Canelo Alvarez in May. Source <laughs> at Real Rick Glazer. And Rick jumps in and says, you've been reported to Twitter Stroke X. And since I'm a subscriber account, they will act upon it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Take that boxing hole. You serious boxing account. <laughs> Rick's class, isn't he, man? Rick Grass. Rick, Rick, Rick Grass. Rick Grasser. Uh-huh. He treats Twitter like the way an old man treats his lawn. <laughs> I'll put a bloody knife in it. All right. Um, what have we got? Let's see. I think that's all the ones I got, actually, Andy. Didn't you say you had one for Ro- uh, Raleigh? Aye, I, I, I haven't got, I've got the video, mate. I don't know if you're able to play it, but it goes on for about two minutes, so it's probably not worth That's, it. But anyway, Raleigh's Ro- Ro- admitted that Gervonta's just basically gave him a fucking... Baptism. Basically, basically <laughs> aye. He's blessed him, mate. He has blessed him. He's fucking basically sent him on the righteous path now. He has no about the bitches and Benjamins and all that type of stuff anymore. It's straight focus for Raleigh Romero. It's a straight road. So we'll wait and see where he crashes and burns from here on in. So I, I is it, some, of the, some of the quotes, some of the quotes be. included uh, after Giovante, I got rid of the trash and I just got rid of all the trash in my life. And the trash come back and I pushed the trash away. <laughs> the fucking scramble his circuits in me, thank. Spending too much time with Oscar, I think. I'll never forget when fucking when Giovanni landed that last shot, by the way. Literally, his eyes look away into the fucking bleachers. He's just fucking, he's like, he's just like expressing his face. It's like, I am fucked. Oh <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I got fucking, <laughs> I got Jim Lampley. I got a little overconfidence, a little loosey-goosey. <laughs> Tank fucking put his head into orbit. I tell you what, I love Tank, by the way. Um, not really value of the week, but he was giving fucking Devin Haney a bit of shithousery because, um, and he was, they were going back and forth on Twitter. I'm free, you're free, let's make the fight or whatever. And Tank was like, make this fight or whatever to Eddie, I think. But uh, he was on his Insta going, we already, we already ready to go to 40, bro. Poking fun at Bill Haney when, you know, Bill Haney was caught on camera. Yeah. Um, saying like, if it gets too hot at 35, we're already to go to 40. And he's like, we already ready to go to 40, bro. So I love Tank. Like, I have question marks over his resume, but I do think he'd fight anyone and fucking probably knock any of them out as well. Like. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, any others, Andy, you have for us? Nothing, mate. No problemo. Uh, Matthew, what do you have? Nothing. Oh, nothing from Matthew. Anything from Oz? Anything from you, Rob? No, nothing really for me. <sighs> nothing much from Rob either. Let's go through them then and make our picks and get out of here for another night. We had Nonshinga and uh, Joe Kennedy going back and forward. Uh, Lee McGregor and Isak Lowe. We had the Bosch crowd going down under. Rick Glazer was on Twitter getting uh, attacked by Espinosa and Dibella. We had Mauricio Suleiman with his belt. David Hay in the Playboy Mansion. IBO Youth World Flyweight titles. Big Sexy apparently getting knocked out with the MMA gloves by Kingpin. Keeping it in the family business there for the Hearns. We had uh, Oshaki's granny, loving life. Eduardo and Rick Glazer again going in on the boxing hoe. Oh, and we'll throw in Haskins as well. well no, not. And his, his dance partner, Love Freak. That's changed to Love Prick, by the way. And all the ones the boys mentioned. Who are you going for this week? Matty. Oh, God damn it. Let the other guys go first. I, that's a pretty weak week. Yeah, it's quite weak, but I'm going to go for Granny, Granny Foster. Matty, two times go. over there. There you go, Granny Foster. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Andy. I, I am in no mood to argue. Weak week. Uh, two for two. Uh, Rob, who are you going for this week? Uh, we keep with Granny, won't we? 
Keep it granny. Keep it Rooney. He's coming into boxing, isn't he? Wayne Rooney. I hope he don't fight fucking badly. He knocked him out, didn't he, in the kitchen? <laughs> Aye, that's right. I feel ballsy, wasn't it? We stretched him. What are we getting? Rooney versus Freddie Flintoff? What's going on? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you They're imagine? Saying, oh, was Rooney versus who was it? Jake who Paul was the same, wasn't it? Rooney versus Jake Paul, yeah. Wait, Rooney. <laughs> yeah, for fucking Jake Paul, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Easiest well, money Rob Roy, man, the only time you've seen him fighting, he got ironed out, didn't he? Do you remember when he needed his head on the counter? Yeah. But they were, two of them were steaming, though, weren't they? They were fucking <laughs> yeah. drunk, like, and they said it was one punch. Gaff. one punch a jab, too. Fucking flatten him. Fucking flatten him. It's hilarious, that, actually. Fucking Phil Badsley was about a hard dude like he was. Yeah, he's a player for Badsley. Give him that look. Yep, he could be finding his way into the boxing. Uh, so, uh, who are you going for, Rob? Sorry, did you say you're going for old Shaki's granny We're, as well? Yeah, we got her, kind of, because I can't remember the rest of the nominations. <laughs> so oh, Granny Foster. Fault. Granny Foster. Congratulations. We'll make it four for four. We'll all go for Granny Foster. You are the belly of the week winner for episode. I'd look at her Granny Foster and thinking, I'd wear that, like... Right, what else have we got before we get out of here? We had a super chat earlier from Beat Bot Boop. Jack Dempsey versus Rocky Marciano. Who would have won, he said. Uh, keeping it nice and topical there. Thank you very much for that. Oh, What else did we have as well? Uh, well actually, Des Watson uh, joined the Patreon. Congratulations to him. I thought he was already in it. Shows how much I know. Des Watson is back with us anyway over at patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. Any thoughts on that, Rob, quickly before we go? Dempsey Marciano, you went around for that one, no? I, see, I might as well have been growing up with that. <laughs> Fuck me, his two favourite fighters. Like, uh, I think Marciano, a lot of his wins, even though he was only 13 stone himself, I think a lot of his wins were against smaller heavyweights and blown up light heavyweights. Ezra Charles, actually more um, fellas on the smaller side. And I know uh, Dempsey got kittens from Tony, who was a light heavyweight as well, but he had a side-to-side style and he did drop him. So is there a case of Marciano knocks Dempsey out? I don't know. I think Dempsey would... I think Dempsey would knock him out. Ha, ha, ha. There you, you go. Yeah. I think he's too big. I think he's too big for him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks very much, boys. Thanks to everybody who's in the chat as well. Throw a like, subscribe, do all those beautiful things if you wish. Uh, thank you to Matty for being on tonight. He'll be in the hot seat next week. Thank you to Andy as well. And to Robin Rob Kelly. I've been Steve Wellings. We'll catch you all again same time, same place next week for episode 561. Don't have nightmares. Bye. We'll never forget. Yeah, I think that's good about me. Go to animals! We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can fight me. I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rump or fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has, 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 failed, has failed a test. Seven year ain't. Seven year ain't. I will fucking smash. Fuck you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. As simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>